On this edition of the Saints of the Cosmo Cast, we are back from the break and giving you a summary of things to look out for for Saints set in 2023 and go through episodes 53 to 56 of the Classic Academy. All this and more on this edition of the Saints of the Cosmo Cast, episode 25 for Sunday, January 29th, 2023. Everybody to the Saint Seiya Cosmocast, the very first podcast dedicated to Saint Seiya in English. I am Ramses, the host of this particular podcast. I am joined here by Denkas. Hello, everybody. I'm also joined here by Common Writer Furry. Hello, that's me. It is you. <laughs> and I figured, like, I figured, like, like you know, we we got we got a whole revamp of so much going on with the show. Like, we got some new assets. Thank you so much for, to um. Like, thank you so much to Zaichi for making us all this new this new art for the, for the show and everything. This, I really am appreciative of what he did. He, he knocked it out of the park. It's a retro style, so like you like if this is your first time listening from the from like any other podcast that we do, welcome. And second of all, like you know, this is a brand new look that that that, that we commissioned, and it looks fantastic. And I do hope that everybody is kind of in agreement. And I figured, like, look. I want to continue this retro style. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue doing. I'm gonna continue with with it. So, like, we're getting. We we got rid of the old theme. We're gonna we put in a new theme, and we're just gonna run with with this. We're gonna run with this for like the next year or so, if not more. If if people like people like it, but I figured we just um we give it a little bit of a we give ourselves a little bit more of a you know give ourselves a little bit more of a spit shine. Um, so it's been a while. It's been a while. Like I think the last time we talked was. The beginning of the was beginning of January for our little um, for for a little town hall that we did, but our last recorded episode was way back in October for reasons that you know I, for reasons that like thankfully thankfully things didn't end up being as bad as as they were, but you know at the time when when it did happen it was like it was kind of like major, you know at the time like it was something that there was an incident that like it it kind of scared everybody and we had to like make sure that like everything was 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 good. But now that things are kind of in the clear where we can like we, we can proceed as caution. So like now we just kind of like, well, instead of taking like at least four to five weeks, now we're taking eight weeks. So <laughs> my bad. But, you know, we got we got our energy recharged and there's a lot that's been going on. And I figured, too, since we're doing a, since there's a lot going on and there's a lot since there's a lot going on with with Saint Sale going on in, in particular. In addition to what we ha- usually do is um, usually we would have like a topic news and then we would have like and then we have an episode discussion of like the episodes of a group of episodes either from the cgi show or in this case we're talking about the original show what and what it and i figured since i figured like with all this new stuff that we put in for the show this new intro these new assets and all that stuff i figured we take a little moment and re like you know we introduce people to who we are and what we and you know give a little bit of a basic like backstory as to like what we did what we've been up to and who we are and stuff like that and then afterwards we discuss like what's been going on with saint say like what's been what's what's available right now what, what you can get what what's not available what is not what is available so like kind of like a refresher 
to like what's what what what, um, what what things that are going on in the world things that currently, and then we go on to our episode discussions, which are from fifty three to fifty six of the original series. So I am going to start off with Comrade Frey, since like you're the one who lives here in the United States and in English. So you so your experience is, is a very is going to be a very 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 a very interesting one to hear from from everybody. So Frey. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Um, well, I don't even know where to start because it's a little bit fuzzy. I've talked about it a couple of times, um, just in like anecdotal type of stories. But uh, I got into anime at a really young age, probably around like six or seven years old because of what was airing on television, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon. Um, I'm sure there are other ones, but those were the two that I just absolutely obsessed over all the time. And then, of course, the uh, VHS rental store. Um, yes, because I'm that old. But the 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 rental stores would have things like Fushiji Yugi and Blue Seed and things you could only find on tape that wasn't airing on television. Um, and as you know, most likely from listening to this podcast, at that time we didn't have Saint Seiya. But because of how similar it was to Sailor Moon and Ronin Warriors, and um, they're kind of in the same vein of the teams of colorful people that have transformation sequences, although the Saint Seiya ones are a little less intense than Sailor Moon and Ronin Warriors. Um, they eventually, you know, I just started stumbling onto images of these and they look, they looked really cool. You know, they've got the armor, they, they've got colorful hair. It was just, it was right up my alley of something that I wanted to watch. Um, unfortunately, at the time, I was very much a dub only kind of person. Um, I I was young. I don't know. I, I guess that was my excuse. Um, but I kept looking for a dub. Like, I was like, surely, th- I mean, this looks older. In my head, I'm trying to rationalize. I was like, this looks older. It's it's very popular, apparently, because I see all these websites for it. It's It's got to have an English dub. So I kind of pushed off watching it for a long time until I was probably in my teens. And then I just caved in and I ordered some bootleg DVDs. <laughs> uh, I do not condone bootlegs, by the way. Uh, but no, I, I ordered bootlegs and watched the entire Sanctuary arc on these horrible Chinese subtitles. Um, I, I don't know if you guys, do you guys know about the Hong Kong subtitles and how terrible they are? Yes. I, yeah, like, this is the first time I've heard about them, actually. So um, back in the like early 2000s, it was really like on eBay, it was really prevalent to find Hong Kong. They're called HK subs, Hong Kong subs. And it's because... Hong Kong would is or China in general, like not to get too political, but their copyright laws are extremely lax. So bootlegs are extremely prevalent in the Chinese market. And Hong Kong um, has a ton of English speakers. So what they would do is they would take these Chinese bootlegs and translate the Chinese translation. So we're getting a double translation, first of all. Um, so they would translate it from Chinese, uh, Japanese to Chinese. I don't know how accurate those translations are but the translations from chinese to english was very inaccurate has lots of uh spelling mistakes lots of grammatical errors and the worst part is is that for some reason they changed the names of the characters to chinese names i guess mm. i like and this is not just a saint say thing. this is every hk subtitled show that i've watched like i have i've seen several common writer ones i saw some older anime ones and and things like that because for a while that's all we really had for these shows because there were fan subgroups at the time, but because there was so few of them, 
a lot of these other, like smaller shows or older shows were getting left behind so that they could translate the new stuff and get the new stuff out because that was what was popular. Um, so I had these awful translated Hong Kong subs and that from then on I was just kind of hooked and I was finding better and better outlets because, you know, eventually the ADV dub came out. So I collected all of those DVDs and what little merchandise I could get my hands on. But I've just been kind of hooked ever since then. Like it, it was really the struggle bus. And I feel like a lot of solo English speakers that live in the United States have probably been on that bus if they're into the Saint Seiya fandom, or at least were back in the day before we started getting, you know, official things out for it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was an interesting time to be a fan of Saint Seiya for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and I find it interesting that you know that you know by no influence of like television or no influence of like what's been going on, like with no influence whatsoever from like television and whatnot to like to seek out this series. You went out on your own and went and went and um you you went out went out and you proactively went out of your way to get the series on your own. So that's that's kind of that's something that's very fascinating that you know you that you know like I said you just saw some websites. It looked kind of like it looked similar to other stuff that you've been watching before. And you know, you just went with it, which is completely the inverse. As if you listen to our other podcast, Sailor Moon says, was kind of the inverse of what, what happened with me. Where it's like, it looked this is Sailor Moon, like it looked exactly like Saint Seiya. So I got into that, or I got into Sailor Moon because of that. So I find that's a, that's the thing I find really interesting that you know that you, that almost it's like almost the inverse of like how I got started with with uh, with Sailor Moon. Like you got started like that with um, Saint Seiya, and. So and so you weren't aware like the t- you weren't aware of like that um of the of the deep dub at the time I, I presume right when you got these when you got these um DVDs this was before the deep dub came out like oh I, okay yeah like real early two thousands because the deep dub came out like two thousand four I think two thousand two thousand three so yeah somewhere around there this was like probably two thousand two thousand one my my dad was wow. really big into technology so he he was like an early adapter for everything we had a DVD player in like. 1999 uh he had a he had a um uh, what are those things called because we talked about them just here recently the the really big discs um oh laser disc laser disc we had a laser disc player uh we had obviously betamax from before you know i could really form memories probably before i was even born but yeah anytime he had hd dvd when that came out like he was an early adapter for that so it's just as as all these things were coming out, he was getting them. So we had a DVD player from a long time. So I was just online looking for anything I could get my hands on, and I knew going into buying them that they were they were going to be bootlegs because I had bought you know other <laughs> other things that looked suspiciously like this before. And I, you know, being a part of the anime community, you learn what's like too good to be true and what's actually legitimate especially for the time like if you came across something that said like you know all 200 episodes of sailor moon subtitled for 40 dollars, it's like this is a bootleg i like i don't even need to see the cover to know this is a bootleg uh but yeah it was just it was really just me seeing images like on you know uh fan sites and stuff like that people it was really popular back then to uh ship like diff- like anime characters from different anime together so like you would have and, and I'm not going there I know that people expect me to go there but I'm not going there but people would ship Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon characters together end of sentence 
they would also uh they would also pair uh Saint Seiya characters and Sailor Moon characters together. I can't remember if that's how I found it. It's hard to remember so long ago exactly like what the first time was when I saw the the characters and the artwork and stuff. But it was definitely early internet age. Um definitely still in the slow dial up internet era of on this because we did live in the middle of nowhere. So uh we, it took us a long time to get high speed internet probably embarrassingly enough probably to like not 2007 or 8 did we have high speed internet that's around the same time i got it too so don't don't feel bad about it yeah it we my little small town did not like change yeah was, and we were and like when and, and my dad was like very was like very headstrong like no 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 aol is the way to go I'm like <laughs> you, oh lord oh daddy i love you all i love you and all no, God bless, God bless wherever you are. But like you know, you were a fool. You until you saw that. Until you saw how things loaded afterwards, your mind was blown. Yeah, my but, my parents just thought it was for us to download music. Like that's the only thing. To be fair, that's mostly what I wanted it for. Like, yeah, I hope the statute of limitations on using Kazaa or LimeWire has run out. Hopefully, it has. Um, <laughs> But back I think we can. All, I think we can. But like, I, I think we can, I think we can all admit that we can all admit that we. Well, we all. We've all. We've all. Um. We've all dabbled into the into like the devil's um into like those services once in a while. And it's like, but back then you, it. I. I feel most people didn't realize it was stealing, or yeah, didn't want to think of how serious it actually was <laughs> if they did realize it was stealing. I just thought, hey, I want to listen to paint it black so i'm gonna go on limewire and in 16 hours i will have the song downloaded so so yeah like i said like you 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 found that you found the series like and then you brought the dvds like the bootleg dvds and that that and then you brought them then you brought the legit dvds and then well here we are here we are with the series mm-hmm. so that, i find that interesting like, like you know like you, that's how you got started here because i think because like, i'm gonna take it with bankers and i'm pretty sure bankers you and me are gonna have like the same um, just that's the same kind of like origin story with this. So, Bankas, why don't you go a little bit and discuss your origins with Saint Seiya? Alrighty, basically, I actually was trying to think because uh, trying to think like way back then, I don't really have a very good memory. I, I I don't really remember a lot of things of when I was a kid, but and and Saint Seiya like is one of those things that I was trying to remember exact like if i could remember exactly when i started to watch it or or exactly how or like the moment that i discovered the series but truth of the matter is that i don't and the reason for that is that i well me being from mexico i had the fortune when it comes to this particular series and a lot of anime series back then they were saint seiya was being transmitted through open television is that is that what it's called like uh, like yeah open television Okay, open television, and through Mexican open television, and it so it was one of those shows that like became a hit instantly with kids, and literally every kid from back then in the nineties, from ninety three, ninety four. I don't I don't remember exactly when it arrived in Mexico. I don't remember the date. Ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Okay, thank you. Uh, so from ninety four onwards, it was something that it was on the mouth of every of every kid. So it was one of those shows that you you didn't even ask. You had to watch it, and and you watched it, and. It ca- captivated like the the hearts of, I think most of my class in my particular classroom, like ninety percent of the, of the of the kids in my class, they all watched and loved the series. So it was like a common day day to day topic. It wasn't something out of the ordinary. It wasn't like finding 
like something weird and bizarre from another culture. Like we didn't even know that it was Japanese in origin, like until way later. I didn't know what the hell anime itself was. I just knew that it looked like it was a really cool, amazing cartoon. And I fell in love with it back then. So I don't actually remember when I discovered it. I just know that it's been a part of my life since I was very, very young. And it's been there since then. The thing that I that I thought that might be more interesting regarding my, my history with the franchise is, okay, I've known it since I was a child. But so do a lot of people, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they, like, maybe they watched it when they were young, but that's about it, right? Like, it's just like, ah, yeah, I feel nostalgic for this thing that I watched when I was a kid, but I don't particularly have any strong feelings towards it now. The thing that cemented my particular love for the series were a couple of things, and this had to do with the Hades OVAs. Because I always liked the series, but like it, it, uh, it passed. Uh, like new things came out. I was growing older, and like it was just one of those memories, right? And then we learned, or I learned, that there were there were other episodes that there were like, there were new episodes appearing, and this is when the DVD bootlegs for the OVA started to make their way over here. And I was mm. able to get, to get them, and, and my mind was blown away because, oh my god, the story continues after Poseidon! And that, like, literally blew my mind away. And, like, the thing that reignited my love for, for the series was uh, the OBAs coming out, because obviously they didn't come out, all of them, at the same time. They were coming out gradually, as they were in Japan. And uh, as they were coming out, I, I, I found them in my local Yoho-Yoho uh, boat location, <laughs> and uh, we, we, and, we, we, we like to we, we have a term that me and my other friends we like to call the methods. Yeah, we find it through the methods network. So yeah, if, if it makes if, if that makes it easier, we just like if it makes it easier, just say you, you find out on the methods. Wink, wink. All right, the methods. Wink. Uh, I I found that like every time they came out, I, I bought them there, and around that time because that's what it reignited like the passion for a lot of people here for the series, and that led to. A publisher that was named uh, named because it doesn't longer exist. There's actually a really good, interesting story about that uh, that Pollux actually knows quite well. Anyway, the the editorial uh, Grupo Editorial started to publish a manga here in Mexico, like a lot of uh, yeah. series and a lot of licenses. But Saint Seiya was one of them. So that's when I I first kind of like discovered that difference between animation and and comic books, like from Japan. And that's when I started to become uh, more interested in 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 anime and manga itself. And and when I saw that there were comics about it, I was like, oh, okay, I, I gotta get them. And I started to get the manga for it. And the moment that I started to read it, the moment that I realized just how, despite it being the same story, just the number of differences between the anime and the manga blew me away to a degree that I think that's the thing that cemented my my obsession with the series. And from there, like, there have been moments in which I'm not as obsessed and not as into the series as I am, for example, right now. It's one of those things, right? Like, for example, you have a, something that you like, but for a period of time, maybe you're not that much into it, or you look into different things. I, I will, it's always been like that, but it's always been something that I care for and that I like, even if, like, the intensity and passion for it kind of, like, varies in degree. But but it's always been there. And the thing that once again reignited my my, my passion and my love for it was... Next dimension. When I when I learned that it was going to have a sequel and a continuation, that's when I I get uh, once again got into the series and like that's I've been in that kind of degree ever since then. All right, all right, and yeah, like you know, I like just like you, Bancos. I I too lived in Mexico and like I lived between Mexico and the United States. So and one of the things that was interesting is like, I learned English first. I didn't learn Spanish first, so I learned a lot of English thanks to like television. And 
you know, one of the things, one of, I had some friends that, that knew Spanish, and I, I was, and like around the time I was learning to talk a little, I was talking a lot more Spanish and whatnot. And I was trying to, I understood more than I did, than I did um, talk it. So it's like, you know, I, I knew what was going on. And a friend of mine, we were playing just video games one day. We were just, it was like, our, it was like, our, it was on our, like, I think it was on like a spring break. I don't know when exactly, but I remember it was a spring break day because like it was the middle of the day that we were watching. We we're just playing video games, and my friends like, no, 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 we gotta stop what we gotta do because I gotta watch something. And we stopped everything. We stopped. We stopped everything cold. We we later had to turn off everything, or we or we wrote down every password. We wrote down because I think we were playing Castlevania too. We were playing Castlevania too. We wrote down the password, and we turn off. We turn off. The, we turn off our Nintendo, and we started to watch. Um, we, and then he turned on the TV and he put he put he put, his, he put out a channel, and we were watching the very first episode of the Asgard arc. And that was my very first episode of Saint I ever watched. And it was funny because like he, he for him was like oh, another repeat. But for me, I was like, I was entranced. And from that day forward, like I didn't know what was going on. It looked insane. And I wanted to seek out more. And just randomly one day after after that, I just found it. And I just remember the time, I remember where the channel was and all that stuff. And, and I started becoming more invested into it. And it was almost like, you know. As I got started to watching, as I got started watching it, that was like the beginning. Like that was like the very, very like beginning when it started going from like a, like a big thing to like the biggest thing ever. So it was it was a topic that everybody talked about. It was something like you know, it was it was in the, it was in the mouths of every, of all the kids. It was something that you know we would discuss in recess or like you know whatever we got free time. You know we, that was something that we would discuss. Like oh my god, did you see what happened with this guy? This guy blah blah blah, blah. and yeah. And so I, I kept up. I kept watching it, and was, was one of the cool things about it is that like the new episodes would air every Saturday, but they would repeat the, all the episodes like every Monday through Friday. So I would have like a video, I have a VHS of like just all the episodes of of that week, and I just go through all of them. And I got caught up to where they where they were in the actual series eventually. And you know, I, I understood what was going on and all that stuff. So it was really cool. And I and I, and I ate and I ate and I drank that Kool Aid like you will not believe. I I. I got. I had like all this. I had all, all the the pog, all the pog caps. I had all the. I had all the cards. All the, all the paraphernalia you can think of. I had so many action figures. I had all that stuff. Like when I was growing up. So I was like, I, I, I went, I went all in and, and let all that stuff. So and I, I, and one of the biggest regrets, like when I moved here to the United States from Mexico, I lost a lot of that stuff. Right when I came here, and I was just like, oh, son of a, and. Yeah, and what we kind of rekindled it was actually exactly that. Like I found out, like you know, I was more in I was more invested in the internet at the time, so I knew what was going on with uh, with series outside of like what happened with Saint Seiya. I was like, okay, rather I knew there was stuff after Poseidon, and I was very I was very immersed and really interested into knowing what was, what was going on. So like I I deep dive onto those, like GeoCities website and your you know Angel Fire websites. I I went. Deep. And like there wasn't, there wasn't really much to all of that at the time. You know, nowadays, nowadays, you know, like the like, like nowadays, it's just common knowledge, all that stuff. That the stuff, like you know, oh my god, there was something after Poseidon and all that stuff. But what really kind of like got me back into it was like when he announced because I, I knew that there was something else after Poseidon, but I was like wondering, like, oh man, like you know, it was one of things like ah, whatever, you know, I'm I'm out of this anime. I, I there's other stuff I I can get into, and. All of a sudden, like the like in some December day, they just said, "Hey, we're making Hades." And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Hades? Excuse me? And 
just like around the same time that you know with Conrad Conrad Furry, he started getting those VHSs for like the the, the regular series. I was getting the I was getting not the VHS the the, boot, the bootleg D, um, v, um, DVDs of, of the original series. I was getting the bootlegs of the Hades arc. So that's why I find it kind of interesting that around that same time period, you were getting the original series. I was getting I was getting Hades. So I kind of re- that kind of re- kind of that kind of respond my my love for it. Soon afterwards, I started. But then afterwards, the series started airing on Cartoon Network, and I was like, I was watching it, but I was just like, oh my god, what is going on with this show? But I get, I get, and it, it, it kind of became like a thing afterwards. Like you know, I I just said to my, I just, I just said, hey, you know, this is a great show. I I want to keep, I want to keep, I kind of like keep the love for this show going. And it was something that you know, I kept on, I kept on like championing for so long. And you know, two things, three, two things kind of happened to my favor. Well, actually. Three things, but one of them is kind of like a really bad thing. My, I'm gonna get real, with you guys, for a few minutes here. My, and this is actually the, the anniversary is coming up really soon, as a matter of fact. In 2008, my 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 dad passed away, and there was a time where I was thinking to myself, like, you know, what do I do with with my spare time that I I have? Because at the time, out that there was, and it's still going on. That there's issues going on where I. Like I don't have a job right now, and like this is like practically these podcasts is my job at the moment. And you know, I was thinking to myself, like, what do I do in my life? You know, what do I have? What do I do to at least wait until like these all these things that are with that are pending in my life are done, so I can get started. You know, working in the field and whatnot, or getting some or getting services and getting some help that I need. And for and for the longest time, I wanted to start a podcast about Saint Seiya, and. I just one day I just said like I just I was on Amazon one day and I saw some equipment, saw some a new microphone and new stuff. And I said to myself, let's do it. Let's do it. So in early 2000, I early 2020, I launched the Saint Sia Cosmocast. And you know, I, I it happened to be around the same time that the CGI show was starting, and also the original show was on Netflix. So I had a huge advantage at the time that like that there was more people in the English speaking world watching it. Through a method of, at the time that was actually like a lot of people would, would prefer, you know, before Netflix became kind of like kind of like a tire fire that it is right now. <laughs> and for me, I felt like you know, like you know, even though I was doing it by myself, I, I was I was happy about it, but I was still dealing with a lot of like mental issues. Still am. And then you know, I said, you know what, I, I need to seek out some. I need to seek out some other people because I think with other people, I think it bounces a lot better with all this. You know, I and but and then come right afraid he's been he before even coming on the show, he's been like we were back and forth. And I told him, you know, why don't you come on? You know, why don't you come on? Like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? And he came on <laughs> someone, with someone know. else. <laughs> and then you know, we, we things got started, and then well, the things that happened with you in your personal life kind of forced kind of forced my hand, and then that's when I got in contact that's when Ben has gotten in contact with me, and here we are. <laughs> here we are. Almost Syria six months later, and you're you're about to hit the your year mark here, Kamen Rider Furry. So that's kind of like all the origins of the show, kind of the origins of where we came from and all that stuff. So he kind of took care of all that in one fell swoop. Yeah, yeah. So did it. Um, it was all. I wanted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's fine. No, 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 no. You 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 contributed it, and I do really appreciate you you guys coming by. And like I can't stress this enough that you guys are. Really, like you guys are really, like really cool about all about doing about coming on here and doing all this stuff with with me and all that stuff as well. So, um, but regardless, 
there's a lot of things that um I think I think that I think that's a good way to transition to where we're gonna go next, which is I figure like this is something that Bank has brought up, and I think this will be an interesting thing to talk about here. And that is like the current state of where things are right now with Saint Seiya in terms of like what's available. Because there's a lot right now. Believe it or not, like you may think that there's not too much going on, but there kind of is. <laughs> so I figured I figured we spend a few minutes here before we go on to our episode topic to discuss like just what thing what things are available right now to like digest the word Saint Seiya either here in the United States internationally or in Japan, even though like those count as international, but you know, outside of Japan, Japan and here in the United States. So I want to start off first with like talking about what's available here in the United States since I do have kind of like a general knowledge of what's going on here. Uh concerning the actual status of the TV show itself. The original anime is in the ether somewhere. We don't know who's going to pick it up. And I do hope that someone, someone from some company, hopefully some, some company that's not, you know, that, that may, there may or may not be named after, after a certain, you know, sushi roll can help us out in getting the series on, you know, their services. Hint, hint. So, <clears throat> with all that said, they do, however, have the rights to publish the, the, the CGI series starting with the second season. And they are going to proceed with what I, what I presume would be the second part of the second season sometime this this winter. They don't have they haven't announced a date yet, but I'm assuming it'd be sometime before the end of the month or the end of next month, either in either in either in February or March. That's when uh, that's when they most like putting out the episode. So when that comes on, we are going to go back on that train again, whether we like it or not, even though. We've all agreed that like it season the the, the second season the current the current series Battle for a Century vast improvement over the first. True. Yeah, undoubtedly. So so that's so, so that's good. So that's so that's one thing. If you want to go back and torture yourself, you can go on Netflix and watch that first series. Your mileage may vary. I, I'm not going to encourage it, but it's there on Netflix. At least that first series, and then second series and second series, and then everything going forward, it's going to be exclusively on Crunchyroll. We have a live action movie. That they said it's going to come out in 2023. Um, we saw a trailer for it in December, and you know we have they, they've not announced a date yet. They've been very coy about it, but they've been having heard different dates being thrown around. Either and everything seems to be zeroing in on sometime in late um, June. There looks like that's that's what the projected date from a lot of like from a lot of sources that are, that are like close to the series, like. I believe Diego Trico has said that, like, by the end of um, by the end of um, June, they're, they're predicting that that's when the show is going to that's when the movie is going to be released. Same way, I think I believe the ex- executive producer has said, like, sometime in June, they said that the movie might be coming out, but we won't know anything about that until until they officially say anything. And you know, your your dates might vary from like wherever you are in wherever you are in the world. You know, some places get movies earlier than they than, than other places, especially in a movie that's like. Well, it's on. It's a kind of an untested franchise here in the United States. Other places might get it earlier because of its name, of its name value and recognition. Like you know, maybe somewhere in Mexico, South America, you know, Europe, and all that stuff. Well, you might get it before we do, United States. So, we'll, if whenever anything pops up with that, we will inform you. Just as like we had that like um, special episode with Mencas where we discussed it, and also Comrade Furry as well, which is an awesome episode. If you haven't listened to those episodes as well, in terms of Manga. We actually have a, we actually have two options. I'm surprised that we actually have two options that you can check out right now. 
the first option right now is the, the original manga. The original manga is, while it's out of print, it is available on the Shonen Jump app, which is, I believe they just raised the price from like $1.99 to $2.99, but that's still very good, considering like considering it's, if you're just going to get it for Saint Sale, it's still a, worth, worth your value. And since I also follow a lot of other series, like, you know, Chainsaw Man and all that stuff, it's a Chainsaw Man and Spy Family and all and those series. It's a huge benefit for me because I get a day and date of, uh, at the time. So if so, in addition to getting Saints, the complete Saints Hale experience, I get to also read on the day that gets released like Chainsaw Man. And that's like my jam right now. Same with um, same with same, same with Spy Family. I think those two series are just like, oh my god, I love I love I love reading and I love watching both of those series. So you can tell, like, you know, I'm really happy like I get that access to that like on the day when it comes out. And also can go back to previous issues as well and read all that stuff as well. For something physical, we do have uh, we do have Saintia Show published by Seven Seas by Seven Seas Manga, and just recently we we learned that the last issue 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 sixteen just got published here in the United States. So if you're looking for a complete Saint uh, Saintia experience, especially as a different take on Saintia, Saintia Show is a like a must with that one. And the, if you want to like just watch all of it, I mean not watch all of it, want to read all of it. It's now completely available in English. So, like, you know, that, that that's one really cool thing. That's like, if you're looking for, uh, if you're looking for something for a manga, that's I wouldn't say like it, it, there, there, there's some things that are different, but there's a lot of things in spirit that that still is Saint Seiya, but like it's different enough that it's a it's a it's, a, it's own unique experience that you know it comes recommended. You know, I don't not not so much the anime, but the 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 manga is actually really good, and I highly recommend that. So there's that. Obviously, there's a ton of mobile games. There's there's mobile games out the butt right now when it comes to Saint Sale. You have Saint Sale Awakening. You have um, you have that one game that's uh, I forgot the name of. It's not a Saint. It's a it's like a it's like a idle game, not idle like like idle. It's like idle as in like you can put your phone down and you get stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that, and then there's Burning Cosmos. I don't know some guys, some guy that Bandai Namco is not. That hasn't turned off the hasn't flipped the switch and turned off that game yet, even though they said they were it was the game was supposed to turn off. And yeah, that's that's a, that's as terms of, as much as you can get with like in terms of mobile games. In terms of like merchandising, merchandising that's where everything that's where all the money comes in, as as yogurt would say in spaceballs. In terms of that, the DVD you have the Blu-ray, um, you have the Blu-rays currently available from um, Discotech. Which are only the first, which is the first four movies of Saint Seiya. They're subtitled only, and you can watch those also on like various on-demand like places. Like you know, I don't know for a fact that they partnered up with um, Amazon Video, so you can watch those for free on if you have an Amazon if you have Amazon Prime for uh, if you have Amazon Prime. Um, no word yet as to like anything else concerning the series in terms of like physical media. And in terms of like toys and stuff like that, obviously, of course, we have the um, we we have the Saint Myth plots, which I think they come out a few few weeks or a few months after their their initial release in Japan. So if like so, you can check out like Big Bag Toy Store, Amazon, wherever you buy toys, and that that's an official like that's is officially sanctioned by Bandai Namco and Tamashi. You can pick those up as well. And recently, too, we we were discussing this off air that the the, there's another series that Bandai makes that's more budgeted figures 
based on like some of their some of some like more highly profile animes. And one of the series in this particular line is Saint Seiya. And the series is called Anime Heroes. And currently they um they are reissuing the first three figures, which is Iolia, I Iolios, um uh, Saga, and Seiya. And I think you can find those like pretty much everywhere if you like look around. Like th those are like more readily available. They're 20 bucks for a 20 buck for a 20 dollar action figure, they're really good. Like, you know, as someone that collects action figures, like, you know, if you want to get if you want to get like the Rolls Royce, like you know, the BL end all, you pick up a you take you pick up a myth clock. But if you just want something just on your desk that's just posable and stuff like that, you know, an an the anime hero figures, not bad. They're not bad at all. Like they kind of have they're kind of wonky, but there's kind of an inherent charm to them as well. So they look really cool if you're having like in, in a collection of like other things as well. So if you're like one of those collectors that's like, okay. I want to collect, like, I, I, I collect, I, I don't, I want to collect these figures, but I don't have a, that much of a budget. These are, like, great figures to have. And, like, you know, they fit also really well with, like, your Marvel Legends and not so much, or not so much your, not so much of your, um, um, not so much of the DC multiverse figures. Because I think multiverse figures are seven inches as opposed to six inches. So those are, like, absurdly big compared to, like, the, compared to, like, other figures. But like if you're a average six inch action figure line, those they kind of scale really good. Well, if you if you are one of those like six inch collectors that collect like Marvel Legends and whatnot, or GI Joe Classified, or Marvel Legends, or anything else that 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 that, that um the Hasbro makes or whatever or whatever other companies making right now, they pretty much that same tale fits in really bad. Um, that's about it. Am I missing anything else here? At least in the United States wise, come right for Thanks. Um. I was trying to think. Uh, game figures, right? Hmm? Yeah, I don't. I, I know that for a while there was a rumor that we were going to start getting stuff on Premium Bandai because last year they released the some of the uh, I think they were Cardus cards, mm -hmm. some, some kind of like Japanese exclusive card game. They released a binder that came with some like specialty cards. So everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to start getting you know stuff on Premium Bandai," but we haven't yet. So. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all as far as what you can get over here. I mean, you there are websites that you can import stuff on, um, which I know technically isn't available in the United States, but uh, websites like AmiAmi and Hobby Search and Hobby Link Japan um, are legitimate retail stores. They're not proxy service because proxy services scare people a lot, I feel like, um, or intimidate people a lot because it's a few extra hoops to jump through. So if you were just looking for just, you know, do you just want to order your own thing? Amyami, um, Hobby Search, Hobby Lee Japan, those kind of websites have a lot of the um, the spirits or the, um, what are they called? I'm completely blanking on the name of them. The Tomashi Nation figures? Yeah, like the, the, the more expensive ones. They do spell, sell out really, really, really fast, though. Like, I, I had an alert for Thor and sold out before I could log on to the website and click add to cart. Uh, maybe for the best because I don't have a lot of money right now, but I really wanted him because he's really big. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't blame you. I love those figures myself. Like, oh my god, they're, they're hitting out of the park with them with those Marvel ones. I, I swear to God. But that's a that's a that's a discussion for another podcast, which is called the, <laughs> the Saturday Morning Squad, and we can we can discuss all we want about those later on the show. But regardless, like that that's what that's what that's what's available right now for the most part in like you know here in the United States Bancos, you have a little bit more your ear in like stuff like Mexico. So what is available right now in Mexico that people can pick up right now in Mexico? 
Well, right right now here, um, the newest uh, edition is the the newest edition of the Saint Seiya manga, the final edition, which is uh, the the revision that Masami Kurumada is making to his entire manga. Five volumes have been published so far in Japan. These have been made with the intention of correcting certain uh, character dialogues to, to make the story more cohesive, uh, as well as certain corrections to certain drawings like that were anatomi anatomically incorrect or maybe they, they did not make sense. Like, for, for example, initial ideas that Kormata later corrected in order to give it a more cohesive uh, coherence, he's making those corrections as well as including, which I think it's like the, the, the biggest part of, of these editions, they're going to include the... There are three mangas, uh, additional mangas that Kurumada published throughout the 2010s, which are Episode Zero, which tells the story of how Ayoros escaped from the Sanctuary, which is ironic because we, we have like 10 versions of that story told in different mediums, but we never really saw in, in the manga, in the actual original story, how it happened, that that manga tells the story of it, and that comes in, in the first volume of the final edition. And we're also gonna, I suppose that later volumes are gonna include what are Saint Seiya Origin, which dwells a little bit more on the actual background story of a Sega, Saga and Canon, and also Saint Seiya Destiny, which you could say complements that story and gives it like a, a conclusion for the a more background story for those characters. And those are probably going to be included in later volumes as well. That the first volume uh, has of of that edition has been published in Mexico, which is like literally this this month. It started. It was scheduled originally for October last year, but they had a delay. But finally, it came out. the The plans for a second uh, symphonic concert uh, ha are in the ma are in the making. Uh, the organizer uh, has already confirmed that they have a, a a planned date for September once again for this year. The Pegasus uh, Fantasy Symphonic Orchestra 2, which is uh, scheduled to to take place in in September. So if you have the possibility of travel and and you are somebody that's interested in the music of Saint Seiya, trust me when I say it's an experience that it's completely worth the completely worth being there so take that into consideration if you have the possibility of traveling uh the Kansen band editions are, are still available as far as i know with the uh, i don't as far as i know they haven't sold out so you can also get that edition as well of the manga the original anime is available through crunchyroll uh, in mexico and latin america the, the there there is no there is no original uh, there is not in Japanese unfortunately for people that are more into watching it in its original form uh, only the the Mexican dove is available on it but it's like the the one way to uh, watch the the series as well I think that also Omega is in Crunchyroll the Saintia show is also definitely there and I think also Soul of Gold they're they're all available through Crunchyroll to to watch there. Uh, and I think those uh, also well in terms of manga. You also we have uh, the the Lost Canvas. I don't think they have restocked them yet because they, they it was it's been a while since they they were published. But you can still get the majority of the volumes in stores like that. You can get the original story in a complete completed as well as the guidance which were published here. Uh, Cynthia Show of the 16 volumes 15 have been published and volume 16 is scheduled to be published on the second quarter of this year uh, to be confirmed yet but it is definitely coming out this year so we're gonna have that story completed as well soul of gold with uh, soul of gold sorry episode g 
Yeah, since the episode G, the original one is has been completely published, and there was a re-edition launched, uh, well, uh, republished last year. So if that's something that you can get available as well. And I think those are like the most important things that are available in commercial. Well, also several of the myth clots make their way here once they're a couple of months after they're, they're they are launched in Japan. They make their way over here, so you can also get them here. Uh, I think those are like in terms of merchandise. That's probably the most the most important uh, ones to take into consideration. It would be just now the 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 fact that oh, there's something that I wanted to mention regarding the the movie. We do have a uh, a date uh, for for the movie. Apparently, it, it might be official. Like it hasn't been confirmed by the actual social media of the of the of the movie itself. But one of the producers, Rick Nathanson, on December second, uh, published. Uh, I think it's a tweet that says uh, the movie is going to be coming out on April 2023. So they haven't given like a, a release, official release date yet. But uh, considering that he's uh, a producer for the movie, it, it is very likely that it will be coming out on, on the date that he said. Yeah. And like I said, like right now, right now, is all, all that stuff is kind of all, all, all in the air until like the, until it's, until something's official. Usually around April, that's when they have a convention called, um, for like for like people that are in the industry for like movie theaters and stuff like that, they got the name. And usually that's when we get like major dates dropped as like when movies are gonna be coming out like further like further along. So when that when that usually maybe that's when we're gonna get our official like uh, reveal of the date of the movie, if not earlier, if that if that's what's gonna happen if they are planning an April release. Um, and there's also like and like we, like we mentioned earlier, there's there's not not in addition to the original manga. There is so much like accelerating me- media too with Saint Seiya as well because like you have you have the original series you have um you you have Canvas you have Next Dimension you have um Saint Seiya Show you have Menkai Dark Dark Wing you have Rise of there's a lot of Saint Seiya like outside of the actual main series there is so much like outside you can check out as well like by other mangakas and other creators as well and oh. And I just remember too, in France, there's also Saint Seiya. There's also Saint Seiya Time Odyssey as well, which is another kind of like retelling with, with background background of like other characters as well. I think with a focus on Iki, I believe. The first volume is uh, apparently it's going to be five volumes, uh, and mm-hmm. each one of them, each each one is going to center around the the five Iki. protagonists. The first volume it tells a story centered on Iki. I believe the second mm-hmm. volume, which is scheduled to be released this year. Is gonna be centered on Shun, and I don't think that they've if they've I don't think they've said uh, which character they're gonna be focusing on Volume Three. But the, the idea is each one is gonna center around one particular character, even though the other characters do appear in the volumes. Like the the center of attention and of the story is gonna be focused on on each of the protagonists as the volumes go along, telling a a, a specific story that involves the the god Kronos in uh, Jerome Key's uh, vision with certain elements is because this comic book is an official licensed product and it's uh, and it's supervised by Masami Kurumada and while it's going to tell its own story with certain things that are not canonical to to Kurumada's story like there are certain elements that they have consulted with Kurumada Pro which uh, you could consider like canon ideas that are going to make their way to that comic book so it's going to be very interesting to see what they do and what those ideas end up being so I'm actually pretty excited for that as well because yeah, yeah, as you were as you were saying, like the, the Saint Seiya, 
like a lot of people don't don't realize this, but it's it, since he's one of those franchises that ironically has a lot of projects going on and has a lot of projects been going on for a long time right now. It, it, currently, the, the the all the ones that you mentioned, uh, at least we're talking about five to six different projects being currently made. Not every franchise can boast that. I guess the only one that can get closest to something like that would be, say, um, would be like Fist of the North Star, where they have like so many spin-offs, <laughs> but featuring so many other like other minor characters. But like, like, but like, have like have so many continuous series going at the same time. That's like you know that that's that's kind of big, and especially not just stuff in Japan, but also stuff internationally, like in France with Time Odyssey as well. So that's really interesting. It's like you know, it's interesting that like Saint Seiya has expanded so far from its like the original scope of just being Japanese, and now it's just something that it's like it's something that's international. Like you know, we talk a lot about like stuff here in the United States, stuff in Mexico, and stuff in like other parts of the world. And it's, so it's interesting to see it's like the world is starting to get like trying to get it. The world is now starting to get a little bit more into what's going on with the series, and I do appreciate that that, that this is what that this is what kind of where we're going with series currently because one last thing you wanted to discuss was like what's been going on with um the next dimension you said like next dimension might be ending soonish we don't know it's something we've been reporting on back and forth so yes. give us a little bit of give us a little bit of an update on that very well uh, once again for those uh, that might not know it saints and next dimension is the official continuation of the story it's the official sequel written and illustrated by its creator masami kurumada it has been ongoing since 2016 on an, on irregular dates, uh, unfortunately due to several factors, uh, including the the health and the age of uh, Masami Kurumada. The, the project has not been able to have like a steady uh, publishment throughout the, these years. However, it ha it has been announced officially since last year through Masami Kurumada's official blog that the story is gonna conclude in the following 16 chapters that are scheduled to be published or to start to be published. On spring 2023, uh, obviously it refers to the publishing dates for Japan. I don't remember exactly what those months consist of. I think it's after April. So midway through the year, probably later in the year. But Next Dimension is scheduled to finish uh, in this year. I think it's going to be 116 chapters or something of the sort. And it's going to encompass, with all the volumes that have been published, as well as the number of chapters the, per volume, it's going to consist of a 16-volume story. We don't know yet exactly what this entails, like 100% for sure. We don't know if this is like the, the, the end to the main story and where Masami Kurumada could end it, or if it's going to be the ending of this particular chapter of the story for them to continue and to what has been expected by most fans and what has been alluded to by Kurumada himself, which is the fight against Zeus. Something that he had acknowledged to the producer of the Pegasus Fantasy Symphonic Concert. The media here in the Spanish-speaking world interviewed the organizer who had the opportunity to speak with Masami Kurumada himself. Obviously, no official statement was given. This is just from the conversation that he had with him, but he knows that people are expecting that. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is something too that um that Kuromata has spoken to in in length with other people. I believe the voice actor for Seiya Torufuya uh, he has mentioned before in conversations with Kuromata that they that that he want that that's that's pretty much where they're going to be going with the series where he wants to like face off with Zeus. So it's it's something that that so that's something that's like kind of like in 
tone with, with what's been going on with like everything he's been saying so far. So it's like it's not really out of the ordinary hearing that. So it's like it's been known before, but it's like now we're kind of seeing kind of like the seeds of that kind of like kind of like being built already right now into the series. Yeah, so it's like we, we don't know exactly. The only one that knows is Masami Kurumada. The man is crazy, so he might continue to work until he dies. Uh, I don't know. Uh, most of us hope and think that it's like just like the ending of this particular part of the story for the the, the, the beginning of the next one. But obviously, we cannot uh, assure anything until it actually gets uh, officially announced by 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 him or by his studio. But the fact is that it's ending this year. So between nerves and and excitement, that's like I think that the main main thing for many of us because this, the official story is coming to its conclusion we don't know if it's like the final conclusion or the conclusion to this particular part of the story but it's finally going to conclude after how long has it been 2006 uh, 4 10 yeah. like 16 years yeah so i was gonna say it's like 16 14 16 years yeah so I'm it's horrible at math by the way yeah so <laughs> it's it's something I think that's like the biggest um, news when it comes to to say at least for in in terms of like the, the manga part of it and i think that that, that, that covers all of the bases as to what's been going on with saint Seiya. um i'm ready for you i, I know we, you've been silent back there and i'm pretty sure like you're, you're just kind of digesting all this information do you have any thoughts so far on like everything that we've discussed so far anything i've been i missed that you want to bring up um no not really uh <laughs> uh i just hear I, I feel like um not to get too sidetracked but binhas actually said something earlier that really struck a chord with me this is Sorry for going really, really far back, but when he was talking about how he got into Saint Seiya, he said, like, you know, I'm not always super obsessed with it like I am now. And I think that um, it's not that I'm, like, disinterested in the franchise or anything like that, but because I so, like, last year was so intense, like, focusing on Saint Seiya, and then we took the holiday break and I kind of took a step back. So I just feel like I'm really far out of the loop with a lot of stuff because I just... It wasn't that I was intentionally ignoring the everything going on, but it's just like I was terrified of getting burnt out. So I was like, let me take a step back. So now coming in and realizing that the world doesn't stop just because I did, <laughs> you know, that kind of scenario. Um, so it's a little no. bit overwhelming. So I'm just kind of trying to take it all in and digest it. And um, it's no secret that I'm not a manga person. So um really just kind of taken a lot of this information about next dimension secondhand. So I just didn't have a ton to, to uh, collaborate there. No, that's, that's fine. As a matter of fact, that was the idea of the break that I wanted to have. It was going to be a lot more, it was going to be a lot more later and we were going to, and we were, it was going to be a lot more later, but you know, the idea was like, you know, I'm in fear of us going through like burnout that, you know, and like, you know, like, like if you're going to take a break and don't even think twice about like Saint Seiya, Perfectly valid. That that's perfectly fine. I, I I didn't even think twice about what was going on in the world of Saint Seiya at all, outside of like you know, outside of like just doing other things as well. Whenever the topic came up, like with like other people as well, like oh you know you host a podcast with the Saint Seiya, I'm like yeah, I talk about it. <laughs> I I dabble into the, I dabble into the dark arts of Saint Seiya. I don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm saying about when I talk. I know what I'm saying when I, when I do this show. So I, 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 I know a thing or two about about a about a certain Saint Seiya. I don't, is it like you know? Is it like that? Is it like Superbook? Because it sounds like it has the word Saint on it. It's very religious. It's a religious text. <laughs> yeah, it's like Superbook or yeah. I forgot the name of the other one. The story about how Saint Seiya became the patron saint of Weeboos and um, <laughs> apparently Latin America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, yeah, I mean, go on. 
I was just gonna say he's not that far off. <laughs> no, I, I I got a picture here that that might be blasphemous. I'm pretty sure if I show this picture off, I'm pretty sure a lightning bolt's gonna come down right at me, like for for, for the act of God itself. So himself was like, <laughs> no, nah, you better keep that picture tucked away just just in case. I'm pretty sure I can get like like it, I, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's like it's something that people would would deem blasphemous. So it's like mm, keep it to myself, keep it to myself, to myself. Yeah, I figured like you know we take a we take a we take we take this time to like to just discuss everything. And like I said, the idea of the break and all that stuff was 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 exactly that. You know, don't feel bad that that you that that you got out of the loop and anything like that. No, that was exactly the idea that like, you did exactly what I wanted you to do, and I'm proud of that because like I don't want my I don't want anybody here being burnt out by like anything because like that's just the worst thing ever. And if you ever feel like, and like I said, like I always say to you guys, like in private, but like if at any point that you, that you guys feel like, like you can't, can't go anymore, you know, you're more than welcome to take a few, to take a, take a step back and just, you know, take it easy. Like we, I, we, I completely understand. And I've, I've always been kind of a jack of all trades kind of person. Like I'll be really into something for a little while and then I'll get obsessed with something else and I'll go back to something I used to be obsessed with when I was 10. Uh, just, that's just how my personality's always been. <laughs> so. Uh, you I and me both, brother. I, I think that's you what aids both. to to the other podcasts that uh, we're, we've been working on because, like, the Sailor Moon one that we just started helps me balance out, and will hopefully because it's one of the comments I get the most is that I bring up Sailor Moon in every episode of this podcast, so maybe that'll help me get some of that out. And then uh, ancient anime, of course, just I can dabble in whatever. If I feel like doing a horror anime, I can. If I feel like doing a comedy or harem or whatever. You know, I can kind of we can kind of do whatever with that one because it's a lot more broad of a topic. So it's, it it really helps me balance out by having a lot of different things to talk about at different times. Yeah, and like I said, like that. So like you know, you seem you saying, oh, you feel bad that you know I I didn't follow anything with things today. I'm like, no, don't. Worry. That's exactly the idea. Like I, I even told you guys, don't message me about anything. I want to spend time with the family. I want to sleep. The real reason why he said don't message us is because he we're not friends outside of this podcast. No, I am. No, no, no. I <laughs> that was a guy. joke. That was a joke. I promise. <laughs> no, but for real, I was like, no, no, no. I'm gonna, even I, even I, I had to start another podcast just for that reason. because I know I'm going to like lose it if I just talk St. Seiya. So I'm like, that's why that's why I made the, the Saturday morning squad. And I was like, if I talk more St. Seiya, that's just my life. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to like lose I my mind. Like- if I was on more episodes of Saturday Morning Squadron, Jim and the Holograms would become my Sailor Moon for that podcast. <laughs> so yes. it's probably best that I'm not on there often. And but that, I guess that's why too is like that's why I'm really obsessed right now with Chainsaw Man. Is because like, that's what I've heard it's really good. I love it. I love Chainsaw Man. Alrighty, we have like like the topic is like we, the topic is like just flown right by us, and it's like somewhere. Hey, like you know, Australia with like Rob right now. My other host on the Saints on Saturday Morning Squadron. So we better we 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 better like you know bring it back a little bit and let's start discussing about the episode blocks that we discussed. The episode we talked about episodes fifty three to fifty six of the original series. Um, you guys, we all hopefully you all saw it, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, like wink, yes. <laughs> Come referring, come referring to the other room. He just has, he just has his finger like he has his, his hands behind his back with his crossed, his fingers, fingers crossed. I have the Wikipedia totally. like summary page pulled up. Yeah, totally. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, it's it's um, yeah, so it's like we we so what's what's dive in, let's dive right into these episodes and you know, um, so we get episode fifty three. Cassios is is there in in is already in sanctuary. 
and you know he's big, he's menacing, he's kicking or he's kicking um, Shiryu and um Chun's ass, yeah, like decisively. Yeah, like I I was a little bit weirded out by that because I was like, we literally just watched a flashback where Seiya before he even had his cloth kicked his ass into the ground, and now he's able to take on two bronze knights that are like not only are they like have their armors on, but also they've been learning uh well i don't i i think that yeah shitty has tapped into the seventh sense i was about to say i think it, it was just shun but no both of them have at this point right yeah yes they both so touched like, the seventh sense at this so point like technically they've ascended beyond just being a regular old bronze saint and yet he was able to like own them very quickly and very decisively i was a little uh shocked by that because i didn't remember that happening um they that is so far oof uh Okay, I'll keep it brief and I'll keep it not salty because this is one thing which I could probably go on a rant about. And we're starting the the, the first episode of the year. I don't want to go on a rant. <laughs> but I do have beef with that particular thing. And I was actually kind of hoping we, we would have done this last year because uh, I, I could have gone on a, on a rant then. But okay, so that's to say I'm not a fan of that scene for the following reason. Even before I read the manga, that scene never, kind of, never quite uh, uh, stuck. It struck a chord with me. Because it makes no sense. How is it possible that this guy that literally got destroyed by Seiya in the very first episode, without his cloth on, now all of a sudden can not only go against can not only go against two bronze saints wearing their cloths and that have already defeated in a way uh, two gold saints? It just makes absolutely no sense. But guess again, this is padding made by Toy Animation uh, for filler to prolong the duration of the episode, which is fine in theory, but it doesn't make sense in context even in the in the show. And that's mm-hmm. usually the thing that kind of triggers me when it comes to, to filler made by Toei, because it completely goes against the rules established even in the anime itself. Leave, leave the manga outside of it. It doesn't make sense within the show itself. And that's the thing that always bothers me with that, that type of filler. So seeing that scene there, despite the fact that I do like Cassios, it still makes no sense like being put there. And it creates that it creates that on the viewer right it's like what the hell is going on somebody that actually watched the show from beginning to here is gonna be like like what the hell dude like <laughs> seriously yeah. and in, you know and, and i guess one of the things i guess one of the things in the in the cgi show's favor it's like at, at least in that like he suddenly appears and like i'd rather take that than than what they did right here i will agree on that it just they, seems kind of random like wait a minute they could have easily like circumvented this by either having him take an alternate path to where he didn't bump into them or having him bump into them and then them being about to fight and then him saying something like, wait, I have a plan and then fade to black so that we're still in the dark about what he's planning to do. Well, mostly it was, it was pretty heavy handed, but I mean like th- that way they wouldn't explicitly say what's going to happen, but that way he wouldn't have to confront them violently because it, it made no sense. It It made no sense. It was not, it was not a fight that he should have been able to keep up with, let alone win. It was just yeah, weird. yeah, and that, that 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 is that is kind of weird. Another weird part that I found interesting, I wrote down in my notes here, is how did how did Shiryu know who Cassios is? I, that that I think is because he mentions it like in just one sentence, so it's it's kind of a it makes sense for people not to notice that. But apparently, Seiya did tell them like the story of how he gained his cloth. Both oh, in the anime, oh, both in the yeah. anime and the manga. So they they don't know him like personally, but they know of him. They know who. All right, is. I'll hold my tongue on that one. I'll hold yeah, that. I will hold that L. 
there was like a one-off line of like him saying because uh, they I think they asked him who he was. And he said he's Cassius, and he's like, "Oh, are you the guy that fought that say fought in Sanctuary?" Just kind of implying that they had had that discussion before, which makes sense because mm-hmm. I'm sure they've all by this point kind of talked about their struggles with their training as kids to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they all kind of they, they all kind of trauma trauma dumped all their all their um, all their info to each other. And but one of my like one of my biggest pet peeves happens almost immediately right after that because I I'm a Cassius fanboy because he's beautiful and I love him. Um, so I could forgive that scene, even though it sounds like I couldn't forgive it. I could forget, but, but what I really hate is the, it's, it's a trope. It's not just something that happens in St. Say. It happens in a lot of shows where, um, actually it happens twice in this block of episodes that we watch where there's this, uh, one of our protagonists is clearly outmatched at the moment and the enemy uses their super special attack and um they survive or they're able to track it and they're like oh yeah like in this instance it's aeolios uh doing his his signature attack with the the spears of light that come down and yeah the um, lightning plasma yeah and say it's like oh i was able to see it that time and he goes i slowed it down specifically so you could see it and it's just like i wrote it down i wrote this down i wrote this down I wrote it down. I knew you were gonna say that. I wrote it down here. Superman, you had to punch slower. Yeah, it's like I, I I wrote I literally wrote I'm gonna slow it down for you, dum dum. <laughs> but like what? It, but it also happens like not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it also happens in in like the next episode with Iki because Iki during his fight uh, he gets attacked by one of the Silver Saints, which we'll get to. And the guy says something along the lines of, you're really lucky that your armor is being strengthened by this volcano or else you would be dead. And it's like, I just hate that trope of like, because obviously the, the show wants to show off the fancy, cool, new bad guy attack. They all they want to make them menacing, but they can't just immediately kill the main character off. So they have to have some kind of cheesy dialogue like that. I just really hate it. Oh yeah, I'm, I'll get to some. Oh, well, I'll get to that later. Oh man, I got I got thoughts. <laughs> I got thoughts. If Benkos, if Benkos thought that he he's gonna go on a rant, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, I got I got some thoughts here, man. I got some thoughts. But regardless, we, we, regardless, some um, you know we we get to that point. Like going going back to going back to the discussion here. We have uh, we have Seiya who is you know still fighting Iodia Io- who is brainwashed by the Pope and you know he right, and he he's just pretty much he's pretty much having he's pretty much playing with he's like a, a literal he's like a literal tiger playing with his food at this point like for, for oh like for you to use to use the to to use a, a term that's way too fitting for what's going on right now that that, that he just he just playing with his food sounds kind of like you know he's he's trying to go at his leg and telling him like oh I slowed it down just so you can see it just so you can like. What is going on here? And maybe I can imply that maybe a little bit of his humanity is still there, and that's what that's what's causing him to like not fully kill him. But mm-hmm. but you know, eventually, eventually, Cassius does makes it makes his way to 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 the Leo Temple, and you think he's there to help out. He's you think he's there to help out uh, Iodia, but no, he's there to help out. Um, he's actually there to help out Seiya, and it's interesting how he does it. He does it in a way where he's not really trying to help Seiya. Because of Seiya. He's mm. helping him because of Shina. And it's something that's like something I like and I wrote down here. One of the things I'll give this the, the, the one thing I'll give this is that one of the things that like that, that, that most the most obvious thing ever, it's like why this anime is so so good is that 
compared to what we had before with the CGI series, where it's like all of a sudden he kind of does it and he kind of like kind of analyzes like, yeah, I did it for China. We get to see a lot of that. We get to see a lot of his training and why he cares so much about China. And then when it was before that, we, as well, we kind of like we kind of went through we, we kind of went through like a lot of like the stuff that when he found China after the battle and he took care of him and that, well, he took care of her and resuscitated her and all that stuff. So it's very you, you get the, the impact that will happen later on becomes very, very, very drastic. Like it hits you very hard. It hits you, it hits you the hardest. And I think that's I think one of the most brilliant things about the about this um about this, epi- about this episode. And about this fight itself, where it's like you realize that he's not really like you know he still kind of has resentment towards Saya, but he also realizes that you know for the sake of China, I better do some I better do the right thing. And it's something that get, that kind of got lost in the CGI show. And I do appreciate that when I was watching this again, that like that that the um, that all this stuff like the the the, the him going going to that to, going to that going to that part was was a little bit more impactful. That I will give to the that I will give to the anime. It really it does a fantastic job because if you really think about it very coldly, he does it for an extremely selfish reason, and yet that scene managed to. I think the great majority of people that I know that that like the series, they all like Cassius, and despite the fact that he's done something for extremely selfish reasons and for reasons about himself. It, it, you still sympathize with him, you still care about him, and you still and most people really lament the death of Cassius. So I think it's brilliant when a show does that. Like even a character that is not doing it for the most noble of reasons, but just you, you still care about him. Well, I think one thing because we we talked about this with the CGI show, and I believe it's been a while, but I believe that Ben Hus, you said that the same thing happens in the manga, or a really similar thing happens in the manga, where because the one thing that we haven't touched on is that somebody in this in this instance somebody's gonna have to die because the curse or or power or whatever that is on leo right now is making him go berserk until he kills somebody that he sees as enemy and right now the only person there is Seiya. so the plan is for him to kill Seiya before he can snap back out of it and turn normal but uh of course cassius steps in and cassius uh basically like berates him into attacking him so that his aggression is now on Cassius. Cassius dies and that breaks the spell. But in the CGI series, and I believe again, um, if I'm remembering correctly in the manga, it only temporarily breaks the spell and then he goes back and they have to kind of do everything all over again. Um, I think that the spell being broken when Cassius dies made it much, much more impactful. And I know that that might be a controversial statement, I'm going to make a couple of controversial statements today. <laughs> Apologize in advance. Um, but I just, I feel like it makes it more impactful because it, it, in the CGI show, it felt a little bit cheapened that like 30 seconds after he died, Leo was back to being a jerk and trying to murder Saya again. It, it felt like, why did that even happen? What, like, what was the point? Like, I understand it, you could come at it from the perspective of, you know, not every noble act is going to be rewarded. Not every noble, like sometimes even the most noble of acts can be in vain and it can go down that route. But it just felt so much more impactful that he his death actually solved the problem and that he died for a reason and it wasn't meaningless. That's how it felt to me in the CGI show anyway. I actually yeah. kind of agree with you because like in the manga, like despite the fact that it's it's not that well executed in the CGI show, 
it basically pretty much it's that way in the manga how it happens like Cassius like for example here here's how it goes in the manga like Cassius doesn't fight Shiryu and Shun but he does appear to him and he does explain to them that uh, that uh, Ioria has the is under the control of the Genro Maoken from the Pope he goes inside and then that's when he proceeds to basically he he talks a little bit before he he basically commits suicide by doing what he did in the CGI show which is encrusting his hands onto his stomach and he begins to die the idea being that witnessing his death will uh, free Ioria from the spell, and that way he'll be able to save Seiya. Uh, in the manga, Ioria also does not... He doesn't really get broken from the spell. He basically is kind of like laughing it up. That angers Seiya to the point where he rises his Cosmo enough to be able to, to deliver a blow to him that finally snaps him out of it because uh, Cassius uh, dies as he's doing that. So when when after Seiya attacks Ioria, uh, Cassius dies and that's when Ioria comes back to his senses. But I do agree with that the fact that I think it was a, a little bit better done here because all that build-up that they did like the, the showing him how his training was with, with China, like those moments of him taking care of her, and just the way that he sacrifices himself, like by receiving Ayoria's attack full on front, makes it a better execution for an emotional scene and has more impact in the anime than it does in the manga. So, in that regard, I agree with you. So, yeah, I mean, like, but before that, you know, um, yeah, before the death, I just wanted to bring up one last thing. It's like, as I watched this series, I kind of got, I kind of real as I watched, as I watched everything before that, I kind of, I kind of stopped and I said to myself that, so there's, there's a, there's a, there's a lack of like reuse animation. Like there is reuse animation. Like let's, 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 let's not kid ourselves here. There is some reuse animation if you, if you look closely. And like, but I feel like they, they do a lot of that in the CGI show to like get around a lot of it. And here, like I was looking to the, I was watching the fight. I was watching the fight between Seiya and Iodia, and it was fluid. It was very, very fluid and very, very like, like you know, like you, you felt like you know the animators were putting all their were, were putting their were putting their all onto this. And you know, props to them. You know, like we we, we like like we made we we made dog on the animation. There is going to be some really dog animation we're going to see right now in, few, in like these next couple episodes. But to say that you know like these 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 episodes with uh, as Iodia were not really well done animated wise um it's i you know it's it's a complete lie it's it's just bullshit because it's like some of the like the best animation and they really took their time to make sure that it looked bright and also it also to um it they made the impact of a lot of things a lot more meaningful with with how good it looked because if it was like something that they threw away i think a lot of the impact would lost so i mean that closes out is there any other detail i'm missing about this episode that we haven't discussed yet not that i think it's noteworthy like the the episode ends with a them mourning cassius and then we we like kind of prepare for the next one i think i i will say the one last thing before that i love that like it was like the last parts of that like the last minute or so of that episode complete silence like Cassius is dead. They, they, like, they, they um, Iota put his, draped his, uh, draped his, um, cape around him. No one says anything, and then you, the only thing you hear is the, like, no, you don't even hear the, the, the light extinguish. You, it just goes off. And I thought that was really brilliant from, like, from someone that, like, that, that, that likes movies and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's, that, that's, that is cinema right there. Cinema. Over <laughs> out there, like, Marcos Casey, just, he's just, he sees that scene and he's just like wiping a tear from his eye, like, oh my god. All right, so episode fifty-four. All right, so so yeah, so like we're so we're still so like they're getting out of so they're getting out of the temple here, 
And but during this time, we we cut to Iki, who's at. Wait, wait. I thought felt one. Oh, wait, wait, before we have to address um, Aeolia's magic healing ability that comes out of nowhere because he shattered Saya's leg, and Saya just kind of forgot that his leg was broken and tried to walk, and then just like fell over. And Leo just walks over and puts his hand over it and magically heals him because that's something he can do. I wasn't aware that he had healing properties, but okay, that was it was a little bit weird to me. I just thought we had pointed out because that yeah, like that's like a thing that is worth like discussing and criticizing because that's something that the like it doesn't really happen very often in the series. Truth be told, it's one of those things that Kurumada does it when he needs to in the story. But it has been implied that saints do have like healing capacities to some extent. Like there are, we could probably discuss that like later in the episode because there are like four or five different healing techniques that the saints have at their disposal to 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 heal another person using their their cosmo. But yeah, basically, it's something that kind of like gets used that one time, and I don't remember if it gets used like that specific way again. But yeah, saints do have healing capacities, but it's like kind of a not too well defined in universe. Yeah, that's a lot of things in this show just not defined very well. Yeah, I, I, I guess very well. We have two new enemies. <laughs> oh lord, we'll get to those. But yeah, um, so we, we cut to Iki, and I asked, I asked a question. Yes. So nothing happened. So like, when was the last time we saw Iki? Ah. Uh, I don't remember if it was exactly in this one, but you remember, like, right before uh, Jamie and kidnap Saori, that uh, Iki starts to act like a dick and he basically just fucks off. I yeah. think that's the time oh he the anime. Because it, it the was worst line, with the worst, with the worst line ever. I just remember now. I was wanting to make sure if that was the last time we saw him. That, that's why I was like, was that the last time we saw him? Oh my god! Because like, if you're watching the anime and that's what the only thing you're going with, holy shit! You're putting so much fucking trust in the Steel Saints. Think about what I just said there for a few seconds. He said, and I will quote, he'll, I, I, I believe Saya and the rest will be okay because he's got the Steel Saints. Well, remember, he like he really cared about them in his own way, is what Saya was. Because <laughs> he got in a fight with yeah. Yoga, I think is who he got in a fight with. Um, no, it, it was yeah, Saya. Yeah, no, yeah, because like, Saya was like, oh my god, he can take... He, he, like so she can take care of himself but no like he, he's blind like no he's blind he's just dead weight and all that stuff but it's like that's right because it was over and then blind and he was telling him to yeah and then i'm blind. like i mean he could have said anything else was like he could have said like i trust all you guys because like i trust you guys because like you guys are what you guys are well because you guys are like well fi good fighters and stuff like that so i trust you guys no he just said uh, he's fucked up because like he's got the seal saints he doesn't he doesn't need he doesn't need me or anything sure you at all like yeah, and he's got the rest of those bronze saints too. <laughs> you yeah, know, the wolf one and the bear one, the ones that we've grown to love Ichi, and get to know through all of these episodes. Ichi, um, with their multiple so. multiple appearance. Yeah, but so it's like, yeah, it's like it's when, when I, when I was trying to make sure if that was the last thing because, like, I know after that we he did interfere in the fight between um, between Saga I and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what what you're saying right now. He he does appear, but like for a brief moment, like interfering with uh, with Saga when he was fighting the the gold uh, cloth of of Gemini. That's like the last time he appears. But this is the first time he has dialogue since then. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. This is his first like proper reappearance in a long time. Yeah. So he's he's on an island. I, I, he's on some island. It's, it's, I always thought I always thought it was a uh, Death Queen's island, but it's like 
No, this is well populated for it to be Queen Death Queen's Island. No, yeah, he's a hellhole. He's saying Cannon Island. And then um, so the the so I, I wrote down here, next time Mickey, don't tell me where you are. Just go there in like incognito and just hide there. Because apparently when they get the when the when the Pope when the Pope senses his troops, they're like, okay, find me, find find me the find me the the village elders. Like, I'll take you to Iki. Like, this is why you don't tell anybody where you are. <laughs> Oh my god! I had to, to get out of my. I had to get that out of my system. Well, my so these two episodes, fifty four and fifty five. I I really wish that we had gotten to these before the end of the year because I feel like we're starting the year off by just complaining because these are a couple of my least favorite episodes from this arc. Um, but it it goes back to what we've talked about over and over and over again is that they they continuously reiterate to us that saints are supposed to uphold peace and justice and that they're supposed to be kind and benevolent. And meanwhile, these people come to town and beat an old man to death and throw a like 10 year old girl off of a cliff after she, oh, I wrote down, I, like, I wrote down here, just, I wrote down uh, here, uh, just hitting all the tropes and make them evil. Yeah. Like it, she even point blank last time. She's like, aren't you supposed to be like good and just and help people? And they just, like, laughed at her or whatever. And I'm just like, this, it, it just goes back to that argument of, like, why the gold saints are doing obviously evil things and following the Pope, who obviously is really bad at hiding his nefarious intentions and making them do these, like, questionable things and harm people and they're not even blinking at it. And this is the most egregious one of it all, though, for me, is that these two, uh, Lotus and Peacock, that... I just I can't. And by the way, I looked. Up, I was looking up information on them because I um, I only vaguely remember them. I remember Shaka had a couple of disciples that were basically Shaka light, essentially. Like they have, <laughs> I mean, they they have powers in the same vein, and they you know have the the lotus pose and they do chants and stuff. So they're very obviously his disciples. Um, but I couldn't remember a whole lot about them, and apparently. Um, I, it wasn't Kuramata, but I think it was one of the directors. Like, there was a big um, argument, I guess, for lack of a better word, disagreement as to whether they're Silver Saints or not. And for a while, they were, like, canonically Silver Saints. But, like, in the one of the big encyclopedias that came out with all the information, they're specifically designated as Other and not Silver. So it's just very confusing as to who they even are. And then one of them isn't even a real constellation. Like, Lotus is not a constellation. No. So I just don't mm-hmm. understand why they're here. Why like I I it, it the entire fight feels so hollow, like inconsequential because we know that they're not going to defeat him. Like in this in the fights with the Gold Saints, um like especially if this is your first time watching it through with it, because at this point we're not sure if Yoga is going to live or not. I mean, it's a kid show so most likely he's going to, but like if you're watching this for the first time, Yoga's been out of commission for almost 10 episodes now and really was has only been seen in one flashback since he got frozen. And so we know that when they're fighting the Gold Saints, it's like a life and death matter. But we know that Iki isn't going to be bested by two silver question mark saints. Like, so these two episodes just feel like filler in the worst way because it's it just feels like we just have to trudge through this because... We obviously, like, I guess if you want to put a positive spin on it, because they're basically, these two are basically shock a light, 
characters, he kind of gets the idea of what he's in for when he goes to fight Shaka. But it just, it feels, I don't know. Am I making sense though? Like it it feels so inconsequential that it doesn't even matter. No, I'll get to to something even worse right now. But go on, Pinkas. No, I was just going to say, I completely agree with what you're saying. There's just so many... With what you said about it being the, the worst kind of filler, like not even filler that kind of ha- has you like on your seat, you know Iki's not going to get defeated by these two guys. But th- even even then, like if the execution had been maybe a little bit more intense, you it could like put the doubt on you. But it's one of, like, it, I would like to just say that like it's Toei being Toei when it comes to this series. Like the those those stupid mistakes that they keep committing by making them evil and stuff like that. Uh, but I do want to mention a couple of interesting facts about these two characters, but I uh, go first, Ramses, before I, I go out, talk about. I was this. gonna say, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, I'll give, I'll give one thing, I'll give one, one props to this, like, because I, because like, in theory, in concept, I like the idea of, of Shaka having his like having like his own cult of personality and people following him. I like that concept because I thought because like. Cause at one point it's like this guy, this, this this guy, this guy can easily be like this guy can easily just run his own religion if he wanted to. It was like, oh, there's a couple of guys under under his own tutelage, like perfect. So I was like, in 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 theory, in like the content itself, I like the execution. Mm. But go on, Bankos. Yeah, like oh well, these two characters that we've been talking about, they're called Agora and Shiba. They are supposed to, as as a. Uh, as Kamen mentioned, they're supposed Agora is supposed to be the saint of the lotus, which it's a constellation that doesn't exist. So one of those silver saints that they pull out of their ass. I I think that yeah, it's kind of left ambiguous in the anime. They don't specifically say it, but they are intended to be silver saints. And the and the other one that actually does belong to a constellation, which is a, a oh god, I was gonna say Turkey Shiva, but no, <laughs> I, I forgot the I forgot the the name of of the constellation. Yeah, peacock. Thank you, <laughs> Turkey. Anyways, Turkey Shiva. <laughs> yeah, t- Turkey. Let's call him that for the rest of the episode. Yeah, so Turkey. Sh- perfect. The, tur- the Turkey guy. Anyway, they're just gothic peacocks. Anyway. Yeah, these are characters made by by Toei for the anime exclusively. But Kurumada did have a bit of a hand in in the in their creation in one way. There is a sketch that one of the sketches that uh, some people were able to get a hold of, like from a. From a booklet of of discarded sketches from from Kurumada, it, there is a sketch where even though the faces are not defined and the entire body is not like completely built, he did make like the outlines for what these both these characters look. So despite the fact that they're original characters for the anime, the appearance of them they were created by Kurumada. They, they, their appearance, although they were called something else in in the beginning. Agora was called Ragora, and Shiba was called Anaritsu. In, like in the sketch that he has, like those were the names given to them. Th- then they were changed to to what Toei used, uh, Agora and Shiba. And the, 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 and there is it, there is a sketch by Kurumada of the peacock cloth, and it is basically it's almost exactly the one that Shiba wears in this series. So it, it, the the cloth you could say it's actually it's the closest thing we have to an official peacock cloth in universe for for the manga because Kurumada did make that design and it got adapted into the anime even though it hasn't appeared anywhere else in the story that's those are the two trivia parts i want to say about these characters all right all right so yeah basically basically the, the basically they, they go to basically they, they try to look for ease like hiding in the island and then like you know like first he fights a couple of goons of, of like couple of, like mo- like low level mooks so the, those guys in in like the brown armor and then it's like, no, no, the real enemy's right there. And then again, and just like, 
this this is where this is where I have this is where I like I, I, I like this is where I like this is where I, this is where, this is where I got to like have to get this is where I take each of you guys' soapboxes and go on mine. <laughs> I, I said here I I, I, I had to look for the note here. I said there, God, Icky, you suck if you if you keep on. What did I wrote here? Oh, there, God, Icky, you, you suck if you keep on jobbing for these for, for these grifters. And I'm like, yeah, like, oh my God, like you're supposed to be the most powerful saint, and yet you're like, I makes like if like he shouldn't be having he shouldn't be having these problems at all. Period. And he's having all these problems, and I'm like. Like did someone a toy? Did someone a toy just said, you know what? We just need we we need to like kneecap them artificially somehow. And there's something that happens later where like I'll believe it. But it's like when when you're watching it, kind of like as when you're watching it as is, it's like oh my god! Like this guy's supposed to be the most like powerful guy. He should be able to like I mean like in a blink of an eye, these guys should be dead, but they're not. Well, they're. in, in Iki's defense, because I'm an Iki apologist, and because he. Despite what my merchandise may say that I own, Iki's probably my favorite of the main five, and I know that's kind of a cop out because he is like the OP one, but I really do like him, um, him and Yoga. But anyway, um, we do eventually find out. I can't remember if it's at the end of the, this episode or the beginning of the next episode that their power is being boosted by Shaka's aura, his Cosmo. Like he's sending his Cosmo to help paralyze and cripple Iki from afar because he's just that strong so that was part of it and i did i i said that this is the worst kind of filler and i read my notes and something important does happen in the fact that he uses his phantasm punch on peacock I, yeah peacock because peacock's the one he fights first and peacock starts having a nightmare of ha having snakes all over him and you know falls into a vat of lava and you know is going because as you may or may not know, hopefully by this point you know, his when he does that punch, it just makes you have to face your worst fears and basically breaks you mentally without actually doing physical damage to your body. Um, but Peacock is able to overcome that because of Shaka's teachings. So it sets up a storyline that he's going to have to be more creative when he gets to, well, for this fight, of course, but when he gets to Shaka as well, he's going to have to be more creative if he wants to beat Shaka or any of the other Gold Saints for that matter, because they are on a level that are above his phantasm or like his like hallucinogenic punch attack. I'm really bad with names, but you get my point. Mm -hmm. um, but I, so I, that's, that's the only real, I guess, important thing that you could have here. Whereas it could have been just as interesting to see the exact same scene happen with Shaka where Shaka pretends like he's falling for it and then like fakes him out. Um, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I will say this because, like, like I'm looking back to my notes, and like, there's a line here that that oh, I, I had to I had to put this on repeat. And, like, this is just like the most just, like this line really broke me. Like in terms of, like this this line, like I don't, I, and because the way the actor said it, like I, I just couldn't stop laughing. He said, "I will make you suffer the full the full torment of hell, Phoenix." I just I, I like how <laughs> I, I I like how Lotus was like. Uh, warning him, he's like, it doesn't matter how many times you kill him, he'll rise from the ashes just like a phoenix. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of his name. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> but no, but the way, but the way he said, uh, the way he said phoenix, I was like, oh my god, dude. Like, like, 
Dude, you're, you're, you're like, that's the, here's here's the scene. Here's all this. Here's everything. The scene is giving to you a silver platter. Eat it. It's yours. Like this, give it whoever dubbed this guy. Like, the, like give him all, like give him all the dubbing things. That the, the way he said that was like the greatest line reading of. Thank you. Like I needed that. Uh, well, I, can we? But can, I can't say the same. I, I can't say the same to. about the kid that they got to dub this. The 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 the, 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 the little girl. I I I don't want I don't want to like I don't want to say anything bad or like you know because I love like you know they're they're doing their best with what they got. I'm like. Mm. You could have done. You, you, you don't get a second pass on this one on, on a lot of the on, the, on your lines there, you know? I will say that little girl's got insane upper body strength because she's holding on to the edge of that cliff for like an hour while he's <laughs> over here fighting these people. She's just you know, dangling from the side of a cliff while he's like fighting two dudes forever. You know, that's something that I don't really think about too much whenever I watch it. But now that you've <laughs> mentioned it, it's one of the things that I never really questioned. But now that you said it, it's like, yeah, that kid must be really strong then. Super upper body strength. By the Those way, I do, stuff. I, I do have to say something. Like, it, it's kind of unfortunate because I shouldn't laugh. Like when I was younger and I watched that episode, I always like it. Always almost made me cry whenever the, the old the the old man dies. Like because I felt really bad for for the young kid. But now that I'm older and more cynical, like the, the way that it is executed, like and the way that it it goes in in the Spanish dub, because he she goes like. I went and then he goes, Ellen. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Oh no, why? <laughs> this is supposed to be really sad, and it is. But <laughs> oh, damn it. I, I think I think they put I think I think they put a little bit more effort in, in the English dub at least. I'll put, I'll give them that much. At least they put some sort of effort. But it's killed by the fact that like the like the, the actress is like just like the actress like grandfather, don't die, please don't die. I'm like. We've got yeah. you. We need you at like a five or a six, but we got you like negative two. <laughs> like another, can we get another? Can we get another pass on that take, please? Yeah. So, but uh, oh, sorry. go on. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, to no, be no, really no. honest with you, these two episodes blurred together because I mean it's it's a two parter, and there's no real resolution at the end of episode fifty four. There's I don't think there was really. A good I was gonna transition. Believe it or not, I was transitioning us in the next episode. So, congrats, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, like it's a episode fifty. Like I don't even remember exactly what happened at the end of episode fifty four. Um, because I'm I'm looking at my notes and my notes. I just kind of like stopped talking and just move on to the next episode. So I'm assuming that it just kind of ended unceremoniously. Um, no, I think I think this ended. I think what ended with Iki being like, you know, he's 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 like, oh my god, I got how do I beat this? How do I beat this guy now? And it's like to be continued. Like, oh, okay, then we're just gonna end right there. Cool. Yeah, and so in the episode fifty-five, um, I I my I think my favorite part, and it's just because it's it's so eighties and it's so shonen specifically, um, because they don't want you to forget that Seiya is the main character. Like we're talking about Iki right now in these two in these like couple of episodes, and he's who we're focusing on. But they don't want you to forget that Seiya is the main character. So every like four or five minutes they cut back to Seiya and company at the at sanctuary running up the stairs and it adds nothing other than to remind you that they exist because like yeah i wrote i wrote down the line here damn it shun turn that shit off <laughs> yes yeah, because yeah it shouldn't keep like they did it two or three times throughout these episodes where they're like running up the stairs and shun will stop because he's like i can sense my brother's cosmo but i can't reach out and help him and it's because you know shaka's interfering or whatever we find that out later but they just kept doing it they did it at least three times and when mm -hmm. i tell you that by the last time 
I, I was like, is anything going to happen? <laughs> like, does this serve any purpose? We get it. Like, we understand. They it, There's a lot of stairs. It's going to take them a while to get to the Virgo Temple. We get it. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> no, and, and the thing is, it's like, there's not really much to this episode. Like, it's like, literally, it's, it's like, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's like, you know, they, they're trying to build us up. And eventually, we figure out, like, oh yeah, like you know, Shaka's kind of, kind of like, is kind of like, is kind of controlling these guys, and also he's kind of like manipulating Kiki as well. So he's he's not at full potential. So he's like, you know, he's he's you know, he does the whole thing like, oh my god, like, I gotta look look deep in like all my cosmos. I gotta look for Athena and all this stuff. Even at one point, it's like Athena's like, I can't find you, man. Where where the fuck are you? Did you on your GPS? Well, that's one thing that I wanted to bring up is that like, so uh, maybe I'm just not understanding how this bow in her chest works but i was assuming that like they were estimating that it was going to be 12 hours or 13 hours or how many is it it's 12 yeah uh, it's gonna be 12 hours for her to die because they're factoring in that she has this really strong cosmo so i was thinking that like it was slowly chipping away at her cosmo or if she like ex- like uses her cosmo it's going to speed things up is what I was thinking in my mind, but she's like straight up like astral projecting like several continents away. And I'm just like, girl, is that not like, is that not going to speed up your death clock there? <laughs> like, I feel like it might, maybe that's, I'm not understanding how this works. No, I don't blame you, but and that's kind of like the show, not making a very good, <laughs> the, it's not explaining itself very well. The manga is a little bit better, but even still like the, there's a lot to be, to be questioned there. The thing is that the reason why that happens, or why oh God. Theor- theoretically Saori like cannot physically act, but she can sometimes still use part of her Cosmo, is that here she's still inexperienced, but and she has reincarnated in the in the body of a human being. She, you could say that she's not in her goddess purest form, so to speak. But this is something that only gets like partially mentioned. Like it is explicit, explicit to say that she reincarnates in a human body, and that kind of. Uh, nerves her if you will if you want to look at it in one way but yeah. it's but it's one of those things that only kind of gets mentioned a couple of times it doesn't really get to, to explain too much so yeah i don't i completely don't blame you for being confused on that and the anime makes it worse because this types of filler adds to the to the confusion because she's doing stuff that she shouldn't be doing that never happened in the in the in the, in the manga and it's kind of like okay so which one is it can you act or can you not so, so yeah yeah I wrote down. I I I the reason why I freaked out because I I finally found that because I, I wrote down on my notes. I just saw because like I'm as I'm watching this. I'm I'm watching this. I'm watching this like you know. So I don't I don't I have I didn't stop like the recording or, or rather I didn't stop like watching it. So I was like just watch. I was writing these notes with like you know while I had my eyes on the television, and I I, I had I had to figure out like what my what my chicken what my chicken scratch writing said, and I wrote down here as as Athena was trying to get was trying to look for Iki. I wrote down is Athena trying to. Trying to collect, trying to call collect, and no one's picking up for like a boomer ass reference. Take a like take this, a take a swig, take a swig like if, you, if you if you understand that. Take a swig of whatever you're drinking because god dang you deserve it. Because like you gotta you gotta be your like late thirties or your late early forties if, if you know what that I just referenced. Well, I remember those one eight hundred collect commercials. Okay, where they they would it, it was from when I was really young, but where they would call collect and they would ask for first and last name. And they'd be like, Bob, it's my first name. And then it's like, okay, what is your last name? They're like, we, had a baby, it's a boy. And then it would get to the other person. And they would be like, Bob, we had a baby, it's a boy. And then they'll be like, oh, I'm going to decline it. And they're like, you don't have to do this work around anymore. Because we have 1-800-COLLECT or whatever it was. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I just I remember that. So like maybe she was trying to do that. Like maybe she was just trying to like take the cheat method, and be like, uh, Icky, are you okay? Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? Bye. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, like I know, I know, we're kind of glossing over, it and we're just kind of like making we're, we're making some snark comments about it. But to be honest, it really isn't much to this fight. Like I mean, Icky just kind of overcomes the odds and just beats these guys up, beat these guys up, and that's it. Well. Well, what it really is is without Shaka backing them up, they're just Silver Saints. They're just your average run of well, depending on who you ask, they're Silver Saints. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're not like extraordinary on their own. Like we, it's revealed. It, I have it in my notes. It's this episode where it's revealed. It's revealed that it's Shaka's Cosmo that's crippling him and and uh, uh, paralyzing. Him. And once you know Athena is able to break through and disrupt his his concentration and get him off of you know antagonizing Icky, Icky just kind of wipes the floor with them like it's not it wasn't that difficult. They literally they had to have Daddy help them out like that's it's like the little kids that can't you know they they said that they made dinner or they they made breakfast in bed for mom, but really all they made was a mess, and then Dad ended up doing most of it. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much the end result. The mess is like pretty much at the end. He, he has to, he has to like pretty much like he, he like he, I think has to like intervene in all of this. And it's like it goes back to the main point. It goes back to the same point we, we discussed earlier. It's like, what is your powers, woman? <laughs> She's just so, an enigma wrapped inside of a mystery. So I, I guess we can. I guess we can. Like I guess if there's nothing else with this episode, we can move on to episode fifty six. Yeah, let's do that because I'm done talking about these two. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so so during all this time, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you haven't like noticed, because like I, I don't blame you if you don't, if you haven't noticed, because like they like they like they haven't tried to shove it down your throat at this point. During all this time, um, Seiya, Seiya, uh, Shun, and and uh, Shiryu are trying to go up the, trying to finally make it to the temp, to the main temple of of um, Virgo. They make it there, and they see it's a beautiful like you know it's a beautiful place where it's like you know all these things. And I wrote down here. This is so much. This is so much better than the Windows ninety eight screen series we got in the CGI show. <laughs> well, th the thing is, is what what annoyed me, and I know why they did it. They did it so that for the shock value. But at the end of episode fifty five, they show them walk in and walk through the doors and walk directly up to Shaka, and like it does that like dun, 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 and like yeah. dramatic posing as they're walking up to him. But then when the next episode starts, they walk in and it's like this serene, lush wilderness. And I'm just like, hey, that's not what we saw before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does yeah, look pretty like, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, like compared to like compared to the compared to like the um, com compared to the compared compared to the CGI show where um where it's like literally I I I, I remember saying it's like like literally it's like why why the fuck are they in a Windows ninety eight screensaver? I just I, and right after that, my favorite thing happens for this entire block of episodes. Um, but it's it's a dub only thing because Netflix wanted to. So so this is specifically in, re in reference to the Netflix English dub. But I think Netflix wanted to like capture the older teen market with this um, because we know this, and I'm sure you like who is listening to this probably knows as well. But like the Japanese demographics skew much older than ours do like it'll be a show for like grade school kids but it's covering topics and showing things like blood and violence and that kind of stuff that would be more geared towards teenagers here 
So I think that because there was so much violence and so much blood and stuff in this, they tried to capture that teenage market. So when they walk into the temple, Thea's just like looking around, like not super impressed. And he he says, and I quote, this guy must really think that he's hot shit. I just thank you. I stopped and sat down <laughs> and just, I was like, I think we're going to take a break for a minute. We've been, we've been watching, you know, we watched three episodes back to back. We might need a break for 10 minutes or so now. He says that in, <laughs> he says in English. Version. Okay. Okay. That, that's really good. This guy must think he's hot shit. I was like, say shit. the fuck up. He's going to literally beat your ass <laughs> in about 30 seconds. The worst part is, you're the worst part. The worst part is that's on brand for Seiya. Yeah. Cause he is a little like, cocky shit sometimes <laughs> yeah he's a cocky shit oh but like but like, he's a cocky shit but it's like that's kind of like that's a little tall on the nose <laughs> but the reason why the reason why i say it's it's a specifically english thing and them deciding to skew it older is because japanese technically doesn't have curse words there's words that you can translate why? as the equivalent to curse words but they're often used in younger kids shows because they're not actually inappropriate like they're not overly inappropriate words. It's more like harsh language as opposed to something that you would need to censor over here. Like, you know, a daytime television show, or especially not a kid's show, would be able to say shit over here. But in Japan, it's not that big of a deal. But it can also be translated to a multitude of different other just expletives or like frustrated. Oh, Lord, speech. yeah. So they specifically chose to have him curse here, which is just oh, funny to me. But then again, it's a double. It's kind of because it's kind of weird. It's like, like on some, in some things, like it, it works. In this case, like I'll, I'll, I'm willing to give them. I'm willing to give them like the pass. Like you know, I, I suddenly had like flashbacks of some of the translations of like some of the earlier Sentai's that like in the early aughts by oh, I, people that I I won't mention. But like during those days, like they would like when they, whenever they had to say stuff, whenever they had to like say something that's like very strong, they had to they use coarse language. Like no, yeah, wouldn't like, use that yeah. language. Like the word kuso, kuso, like they usually say yeah. it like very brooding and angrily. It literally just translates to you, but it's like you with implied harshness. So a lot yeah. of times it'll be translated as you bastard. But when it's in the context of like Super Sentai or Common Rider, that's, yeah, they're, they're like, again, they would probably more track for like a teenage market over here as opposed to the children's market that they actually are targeted to in Japan. But even in a teenage market, you wouldn't have them yell, you bastard. Like you, it, you just wouldn't. So it's, I, I remember those translations you're talking about. And I unfortunately um, still have to watch them because a lot of those shows never got subtitled by anybody else because it's such a niche fandom. It's getting bigger lately, but it's still fairly niche. So there's only a handful Thank you, Shout Factory, but... for, for giving us better translations. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'm talking more Common Rider side of it. Com the Common Rider. Oh, okay. Never mind. Game. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Never There's mind. three different companies right now that are licensing Common Rider. So. Oh, yeah, God. We... Don't get me started. And we'll know more like tomorrow if like, they're going to do any more. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, yeah. So it, it's, it, it was a, a very strong worded choice. And it just it cracked me up, but it also kind of. Makes me a little sad because that I I feel like where we are today with kids media in the United States that uh, you know there was back in the nineties there was the panic the moral panic over violence and you're having all these animated cartoons have like all the violence edited out of them or made to be much more slapstick or you know much more lighthearted but now we're starting to get cartoons that are still aimed primarily at kids that show fighting in a realistic way but 
kind of phrase it in a way like Saint Seiya does, that it's fighting for justice and truth and put a positive spin on it. And it's sad because I think that the the negative language potentially, I'd say negative language, the, the coarse language that they use, although it's sparingly, that could still deter parents from wanting to allow kids to watch shows like this. And it just like, it, it makes me a little bit sad that they could have just chose to word it differently. Because I thought it was hilarious. But like when I sat and thought about it, I was like, that could have been the moment that your mom walked in while you're watching it and she says okay no more netflix for you for a month and you're screwed over you know like if you're like a little 13 year old kid or something like that because that's something my parents would and did do (laughs) during my my growing up of watching anime um let's just say that they they um on the back of like 90 percent of anime vhs's and dvds over here in the united states there was a big sticker that said the age group and if it said anything other than 13 and up i was not allowed to buy it Hmm. Because they learn no, very like, quickly. I mean, maybe, maybe because my parents are a little bit more lenient. Because like, my, literally, my mom walked in while watching the fistful of the storm. Was like, she just she just looked at the screen. I'm like, your dad's seen worst. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I'll save it for our other podcast. But um, and I've told it on ancient anime before. But um, I've gotten banned from the internet because of anime. Yeah, we we've, we've heard. I've heard that story. I'll put multiple, that episode. I'll put that episode in the description. Multiple, multiple times I've been banned from the internet because my parents were very protective when I was younger. When I became a teenager, they kind of, they well, they really, really loosened up and I was able to experience more media and stuff like that. But as a kid, oh man, like I was, I had a tight leash. <laughs> probably for a good reason, because I was pretty unruly, but still, uh, it was just- it was Yeah, but like, I said, but like I said, like, you know, I guess in my case, it's like, you know, my, I might get a weird, a weird eyebrow, like for example, like when my mom walked in during that scene with Misty, she's like, what the <laughs> watch those cartoons, man? Here, <laughs> but then, but then, but then, but, but the one that always got me is like my dad. My mom just walked in while I was watching Fist of the North Star, the, the the movie, and she's like, she just looks at she looks at some of the some of the fight. She just saw like a little bit of the fight, and she's like, Dad, your your father just seen a lot worse. And like, I just think about it, I was like, he would, he would just he would just watch a dumb movie where where where, where like limbs are flying all over the place. That's unbranded for my dad. Anyways, God bless, God bless my father. Anyways, let's let's keep on going here. Um, so yeah, like they go, they go in and they, they like they think they they think that you know literally they think that the Saya thinks he's hot shit. So you know they they try to attack. The like, Saya tries to go after him, which I wrote down. Saya, you dumbass. Yeah, he was just sitting uh, there. He was sitting there. They could have just walked past him. Like maybe he would have stopped them from walking past him. But they literally could have just kept walking. But Saya was like, no, I'm gonna beat this guy's ass for no reason. And just and it throws the first punch, and then Shaka reasonably reacts and also calls him out for attacking him unprovoked. God. And then everybody else, everybody else is like, "Oh my god, like we got to do something about it." They're getting their asses to place. And I wrote down here: it's a great way to, it's a better, it's, this is a better way to show Shaka's power than the than the one how we saw it in, in the in the CGI show. Again, because like you know, maybe because that's still fresh. A lot of this stuff is still fresh in my brain. That's why I keep on going back to it, but it's like I, I like my my last frame of reference is the CGI show. I'm like, oh wow, they're actually doing a way better job here to kind of show off the show off this guy's power than they did before. Yeah, and I, then oh, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna transition. This, I was gonna transition to the next point, but go on. So you're no, so just that I, I I alluded to this earlier by me saying I'm gonna have some controversial opinions. Um, I know that Shaka's incredibly beloved by the fandom. I really don't like Shaka. <laughs> like I, I don't 
I was I've just never been a fan of him. I never I don't like the fights for him. I don't like how hyped up he was. And really, you only see him fight for a couple of episodes. Yeah, he comes back in other media and stuff like that. But as far as the this storyline is concerned, like he seems they build him up to be really formidable and then i just i don't know i don't know if i was just disappointed didn't like his style he just doesn't click with me and i when i see other people talk about their favorite gold saints if it isn't always leo then it's shaka like those and i'm over here like i like old baron he's he's nice <laughs> don't, don't worry i completely get you on that i i shaka like in in that regard Shaka is always one of the like he's like in the center of the of the freaking discussions of like who is the most powerful gold saint Saga or Shaka yeah I get what you mean I do like the I do really really like Shaka but but at the same time I completely understand like not every character has to be everybody's cup of tea you know it's just, but he's so beloved in the fandom like ever like always people are always talking about him and hyping him up and like they I mean he I just I don't know it just it did he doesn't speak to me for whatever reason. I get you. You know what? I have something similar to in Doctor Who. Like it's something like, for example, with me. Like when it comes to the discussion of like the Doctor, the tenth Doctor is like one of the most popular. Like he's always either the first or the second place in terms of popularity for the incarnations of the Doctor. I hate the tenth Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I get what you. I get what you mean. Like there's sometimes there is a character that, despite being like in the common. Even though, like, a great portion of people kind of, like, gravitate towards a certain character, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to fly with you. Yeah, I, yeah. You're perfectly, you're, per, you're, you're feeling perfectly valid. Like, I'm not the, I'm not, I'm not too hot on him. Like, I like the concept of the character, but, like, there's other characters I would, like, pick over him. Like, he, like, he's being the, he'd be, like, like, he, I wouldn't say he's, like, the worst, but he wouldn't be, like, he wouldn't even, he would not, like, break top ten. That's, that, that I'll, I'll say that much right now. I just I like I feel like he was because <clears throat> people have been talking about him for a little bit now, and we've been kind of like you know his two little lackeys built him up, and even Aelia was like, "Hey, don't let him open his eyes. He's on level with the gods, and he's just he's built up so much." And I just don't think that he it for me lives up to the hype of what they were like building him up to be. I just I don't know. I I just thought I would mention that that like I just I don't. I don't vibe with this character. <laughs> okay. Fair so, so yeah, so so all the so the saints are getting their asses. The the bronze saints are getting their asses kicked, and then Iggy appears. Lo and behold, he's and I wrote down here because if you take the show at face uh, at its value of what it's showing, wow, he got there really quick. Yeah. Meanwhile, it really took quick. it took Seiya and company like three days to climb those stairs. Iki like traversed several continents in the matter of minutes. Yeah, because like I, like I said again, like if we were to take the show as at at, at at face value of this particular show, if we if we take it at face value, wow, he got he got from one place, he got from one part of the world to the other in like no time. If you're like watching the manga, which is if you if you read the manga, like you, you ha we haven't seen him since that we haven't seen him for like a while. So it's like, and that would be like the first, tell me technically the first time you see him. Like, okay, that makes sense. But two episodes with him, like, oh my God, you got here really quick, dude. In all fairness, um, the Saint Seiya anime is just like 80% flashbacks. So those just could have been flashbacks. He could have been traveling for a couple of days. He could be. Um, so yeah, he appears and they, 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 they he appears. They have, they kind of like, like they have, like they fight a little bit. 
and then this episode ends with um with Iki being sent to the to the six to the six hells. And I wrote down because like one of one of the things one of one I wrote down here as like kind of like a little as like a, a thing that just popped up when I was watching it. It was that one of the hells that he described the one where it's like essentially it like essentially is like Valhalla. I wrote down here good to see the damage that we're actually ripping off from Fazetta because like I took it something and I'm just like this is like Frank Fazetta drawing that they just traced over. One of them was literally just like the hell where they're gonna send all the furries. <laughs> Because <laughs> they said, like, you turn into animals and you become mindless. And I was like, those motherfuckers are insulting my people. You, you'd be like, two, please. I was like, I well, at least now I know where I'm going. Thank you, Shaka. You've enlightened me. Well, that's his, that's his, that's his ability. He enlightens Oh, yeah. And he can. And then when I'm just going back to like regular, just like regular ass life, like, dude, like, it's already hell as it is. Just like, don't send people there. And then in the final realm of hell is the COVID hell, and that's where we're all staying for now. Literally, oh god, too, too real. And then like, and, and so like, but yeah, I mean that, that's how the episode ends. And end with with he being sent to, being sent to these six hells, and that's about it. So any other thoughts? Any other thing I've been missing from the this discussion? In terms of story wise, no. I think uh, like I think all the plot details uh, have been laid out very well. In yeah, terms was, of um, in terms of the episode itself, like okay, I have I have I really like this episode for a couple of reasons. But first of all, I, I want to mention like I think this I think this episode was directed by Araki, and you oh. can see that and you can see that in the animation. Like the animation here is oh, just yeah. on point. Yeah, because I was about to say in the last episode only. Holy moly! That that the, the last episode, last episode, last couple of episodes, you can tell they got like their B team on it because like it, they, you can tell like, like some of them have like these derpy expressions. And I wrote down here, like going back to episode fifty sixty five. I wrote down here, like the like um like I, I believe one of the, one of the saints. I, I think it was the peacock one. He's like the sassy face he makes when he, when the two jobbers corner him. Because he makes this weird face. Like I don't know. Like I think it was Iki, and he just makes this weird face. It's like yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I have a note about that too because like I feel like Iki more than any of the other ones. I guess because a lot of his episodes are kind of fillery like not obviously not when he's fighting like shaka but like a lot of his previous episodes have been like flashbacks to his life and stuff like that so they're not exactly moving the plot board so i feel like the, he gets the b team a lot um if you just look at different like screenshots of him his character model is all over the place with his like face and his helmet and the way his hair will flow out of his helmet changes constantly and like frames his face differently like there was one part, it might actually be the 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 still that you're talking about. We'd have to compare, but I, I it's like he's almost unrecognizable as the same character because he just looks so wonky. I think it's the same shot because, like I said, like he has this weird sassy look in his face, like, mm-hmm. aha, I'm not, I'm I'm now I'm gonna fight you now. Like they could have picked any other, they couldn't pick any other expression for him. But regardless, um, I will say this, like, like as my as my closing thoughts, like I thought, like I'm with Mancos, these are really great episodes. I love this fight, but I got a confession to make. As a kid, I made it this far into the series, and the video cassette that I had, that I, that I had, that I was recording these episodes, decided to eat the cassette. And I never got to, I never got to complete, I never got to, compl- I never got to see these episodes, these next couple episodes. So literally, this episode and whatever happens next, as as they get out of the Virgo, the Virgo, the, the Virgo house, I've never seen before. I've only seen it like through like clips, but I've never fully seen it because like like literally like when I, the last time I saw this, I was like I was a kid and like by video because I got got aided up by the by the VHS player. So can't believe it's, we're exposing it, Ramses in 2023. 
First episode of twenty thirty three exposing Ramsey. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 just hand me that L. Just, well, just send me that L. Like just send that L through like UPS and just like that same day. The like you know send that L and like overnight shipping. I'll I'll gladly put it in my wall. I'm just gonna do certified mail. It's too much of a hassle otherwise. But regardless, um, regardless, is there any anything else? Is there anything else you guys want to discuss before we close this discussion out? Yes. Uh, well, in, in terms of this, first I'll go with with the story overall for this episode, and then I'll I'll say that the thing that's one of the most iconic things that have come out of of the entire franchise in the Spanish speaking world. I think you'll know what I'm talking about, Ramses. Okay. Oh, first of all, yourself. in in the episode, well, first of all, in this episode, I think. Uh, I, I completely agree in in seeing how you feel about the character. I think that, especially in the anime, Shaka is not meant to be a likable character. And I can also see, like, he has a very, very... How to put it? Like, even by anime standards, he has a very weird fighting style. Like, his techniques are extremely... Uh, how to put it? Like, Kurumada did an amazing job, like, researching uh, Buddhism to incorporate those techniques and that that religion in, into the, the aspects of this character. But at the same time, like, somebody that d completely ignores, like, some of the most intricate aspects of it, and I include myself even now, because I don't really know anything about Buddhism, only, like, the few things that I've been able to learn through, for example, through, through the character or through some other stuff that I watch over the years. But, like, if you don't know those details, it can be very confusing and very difficult to follow him, like, how he fights. And I, I, I can also see why some people see him as a very overpowered character. At the very least, what I'll say is, a part of that, I think this episode does a very good job in like introducing the in introducing the character. Well, not introducing him because he has appeared before, but like pose, like showing yes, showing what menace he's going to represent for 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 the for the character since he basically owns every single one of them, and in a very very strong way. Like uh, I like he's very violent towards them, and he basically is playing with them. He could have just killed them outright instantly, but he decides like, to play with them a little bit, which and ends up being his downfall. And it also gives Iki like an opportunity to shine and do one of his classic last minute in entrances to save everybody. <laughs> so I really like that about the episode. And now like the final aspect that I think has to be mentioned, I cannot go without being mentioned in this. And let me, let me give some context to you because uh, for the audience as well as for, for furry, uh, for, have you ever heard the meme of the night of Hunini? No. <laughs> okay. There is an extremely infamous uh, translation error in this episode. Uh, remember when Sean uh, tries to attack Shaka and he freezes the chain? And he mentions this is also the thing that happened in the Gemini temple. Mm -hmm. Well, it, somebody mistranslated or misheard what the original Japanese said, which he says, Gemini, and they understood Hunini. And in Spanish, he says, I, I can't believe it. The, the chain stopped attacking him. The same happened with the Knight of Hunini. And, and everybody was like, who the fuck is that? Like, what when we were Hunini? children, we were like, who the fuck is Hunini? And that ended up becoming one of the biggest memes to have come out of Saint Seiya. It's supposed to be that the, the Gemini scent. But, like, that's a nickname that even to this day it's still used for, for the Gemini scent. Like, the Hunini. The Hunini scent. Yeah. I, I thought it was. I thought, they, I thought they did it a lot earlier, but no, I, I think it was in this episode that they did it's that. this but episode. Yeah. Is this episode? I always, I always, always make the joke. I always make the joke of like the, the reason why they put that reason why they did that is like either, either get the other like look. You gotta get this out by like you gotta get this out by Monday because like if not, if not, it's gonna be our heads. Or look, it's it's Friday. It's three fifteen in the afternoon. It's about to be quitting time. But just leave it in. No one's gonna notice. It's a kid show. Whatever. So it's like 
it's one of those situations where it's just like, oh my god, like how like how careless can they can they get? But then you realize it's like, you know, as much as this is one of those instances where it's like, as much as I love Saint Seiya, like as much as I love this particular that particular dub, that Spanish dub is like, it's my it was my youth and all that stuff. I won't I won't stand here either. Just like how I won't stand here either and say like Saint Seiya was was is perfect. Like no, there's some things where it's like. There's things like that where I have to question things, right? Where I have to call them out and be like, "What's what's up with this?" Seriously. So yeah, that that's a, that's a that's a rather infamous thing. I remember having to do a workaround for that 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 because like they used that reference in the um in the Saint Seiya game I worked on. <laughs> I had to like find a way. I had to find a way to um make make sense to a player that's never experienced that. So I had to like I had I uh, so me and Zaichi were like. Back and forth, I was like, "What do we do with this?" Like, because like I can't do it in English, because like the English has no real, like there's nothing in English that can be comparable to this. So like, like we were just back and forth, and we just kind of like came to the decision of like, just make them spew memes. So we just kind of created like the meme saint out of that. So if you ever like get to that point in the game, you're gonna like fight us. Like you would think you fight the uh, the the saint of Junini. No, you're you're fighting the meme saint in the English version. And I would just, just doing memes because, like, we had, there was no, there was no other way I could explain this character. I would just think so, that it would be like, um, because well, it sucks because in English it's Gemini and not Gemini because it 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 reminds me so much of the the game Space Channel Five. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have ever played that or not, but oh um, yeah, it's for for anybody that hasn't played it, it's like a uh, futuristic. A retro futuristic, I guess, because it's very seventies inspired, but it's in space. Um, dancing game, but it doesn't have a pad. It's all like controller inputs, and it's got like interesting songs and a random Michael Jackson cameo for no reason. Um, but when you completed the game, you can go back and replay the game. And I don't. I think it might be on a harder difficulty, but like small things are changed, and it's fun to like point out the differences. But um, your main character, her rival's name is Pudding. And um, when you replay the game, the in the level where she's like challenging you, and you kind of have like your like little band duel or whatever you want to call it, like singing duel. Um, when you replay it in the in the different difficulty, the harder difficulty, she's replaced with a character named Padding, who looks like an old lady version of the original character, but nobody mentions it. They they say Padding instead of Pudding, so they call her by the correct name, but nobody like makes a big deal out of the fact that she's like literally fighting an old woman, which is hilarious to me, but that's what it makes me think of is Jiminy and Hunini. It's like, it's pudding and padding. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then guys. I think it's, I think that's, I think it's a good place to stop for this episode. I do really appreciate them. Everything. I, 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 I keep forgetting how much I love doing these shows here. So, um, Oh my God. Our private little recording Discord. Oh my God! Thank you, Benkas. We're gonna. You know what? I know. I know now how I'm gonna end this episode. Now, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have now. I found the video like perfect. I'm gonna end this. I know how to put the stinger at the end of this episode. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. You you made my you made my you made my job a lot easier today. So regardless, I guess it's a good place to stop here for the for the evening. Like I said, like sometimes like sometimes I dread doing this podcast, but then like once I start doing it, it's like oh my God, I want to do more of this. <laughs> but regardless guys like you said we, we got we gotta go like we gotta go and like uh we got we got stuff to do and like i don't want to keep you guys any longer as a matter of fact i think food is, has been ready for like the last hour here I'm like I'm... so let's let's start with let's start with some um let's start out with some like you know let's chill out your wares so i guess what do you got to show for us 
Alrighty, um, you can find me at uh, at MexicanGeek502 on Twitter. I also have an Instagram that I swear that I'm gonna start posting stuff there. <laughs> uh, I gotta get, I, I gotta, I've, uh, I've been very neglectful of my of my Instagram, but I swear I'm gonna start posting more things uh, this year. It's uh, the username is CraterisBenjes. So if you want to give me a follow there, I'd really appreciate, I'd appreciate it. And I promise I'm gonna continue posting stuff there. And I have a couple things on the works, but until I have more concrete stuff to show for it, I'll keep that to myself for now. But uh, hopefully you'll get to hear about it before the year ends. <laughs> All right, Comrade Ferry, do you have anything you want to promote? But And don't say you don't, because like we are doing something and you... I don't have anything going on. Uh, no, like, I you, you can follow me personally on Twitter and... Instagram that I also don't use very much. You know what, Ben Hus, we should we should hold each other accountable for posting on Instagram. Like just once a week, just check in with each other and be like, okay, how many posts have you made? It's like, oh, <laughs> you haven't posted anything. That's ten Hail Marys for you. I don't know what Hail Mary is, but I hope ten is a lot. Um, but Deal. you can you can find me on both of those platforms at Common Rider Furry. Um, I also have my own podcast that I um, occasionally feature some people from here. And one day I will rope Ben Haas into uh, being on that as well. But it is called Ancient Anime, just a look back at some older anime, usually within the past 20 years or so to see, or sorry, at least 20 years old is what I meant to say. Sorry, at, at least 20 years ago um, to see if these shows that came out so long ago, if we just remember them fondly or if they're actually a good piece of media, which has been so much fun. I've had so many of my friends have had one celebrity guest so far, which was mind blowing to me um, that somebody actually said yes to me because I ask everybody under the sun. <laughs> if you look at my Twitter, you'll just see me badgering people. Um, but yeah, so you can follow that at Ancient Anime on both platforms as well. It is currently on hiatus, but should be coming back um, probably towards the end of February. I'm currently setting up some recording times, and I want to make sure all my ducks are in a row before I announce anything solid. Because um, unlike uh, unlike my friend here, Ramses, who like can turn an episode out the same day, it takes me like five to six business days <laughs> before before I can. Uh, muster myself to to edit something and then of course see so you, um, you see see you're 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 the you're the united states postal service of podcasting i'm the amazon prime of, 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 of podcasting you're like the dhl of podcasting because you're like oh yeah i might have it out you know next tuesday and then three hours later it's on your doorstep it's like oh yeah okay <laughs> Um, but I, I'm also in another podcast that we just got our first episode out. Um, but I will let uh, Ramsey's talk a little bit more about that one because I'm sure he's excited too as well. But those are where you can find me. All right. Other than this podcast, you can find me over at the Saturday Morning Squadron, which we we just recorded our first episode back. Another show that, but it's been that's been on hiatus because of you know, because like you know, we wanted to take a break from all this. And our first episode back, we are discussing Dungeons and Dragons, which is. An interesting topic because, like, things what's going on with the open game license. We were we we discuss a little bit of we discuss a lot about that and what's been going on with with that. I think it's already outdated as a matter of fact because I think I think they kind of revised a lot of a lot of their their policies that they that they the draconian policies that they've um that they've imposed recently. It's like oh wow, yeah. I, I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take credit that they must have listened to our episode, but you know who knows. But if you want to listen to like discussion about Dungeons and Dragons, like you know from from uh, an expert standpoint. And from someone that's barely that's barely getting into it, like because like the person I'm speaking with is our old friend, my old friend Jay. 
Um, and the person that he's been he's been it since second edition. I this is like my like starting with this edition, fifth edition. This is like this is my first time doing this. So it's, and this is technically like my like our third game that we played together with Dungeons and Dragons. So like tells you like tells you like how experienced I am compared to him. So like you get you get to see a newbie's a standpoint and then from a veteran standpoint of what's going on with um with Dungeons and Dragons. So if you want to get that listen, it will be a, a link on the description. And me and Conrad Frey, we have launched a new podcast after much Hello. like you know after much thinking about it, we just figured, hey, why don't we just do it? Like you know what we so we figured we launched Sailor Moon says a Deek era Sailor Moon podcast, and we launched our first episode. It was a fun episode to record. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback from it. A lot of people have been responding. A lot of people have been, like, you know, asking, like, what's when, when the next episode and all that stuff. So next episode will be next week as of this as of this recording. If, you, if we're recording correctly, we're recording on the 29th of January. So the following week would be when the, that episode is recording. And I'm pretty sure at that time, too, that's when the episode dropped as well. Because, again, I am, like, DHL. Um, you can find me on Twitter, L dot underscore L dot Ramsey's dot oh no, L underscore Ramsey's on Twitter. That uh, you can find me ramble about things, things either good or bad. Right now there's a lot of bad because like just bad. Just bad brain right now. But I'm coping. I'm doing good. Um but if you wanna see if you wanna see me spam toys like to no to no end, you can find me on Instagram, which is L dot Ramsey's dot eighty four. And yeah, like that's where I spend. That's where a lot of like my. That's where you just see me post toys until like the end of time because I like toys a lot. By the way, most of the money is gonna go to toys. The only one of us three that properly utilizes that app. (laughs) I try to. I try. I try my best here, but like, mm, I I I can only do so much because like there's only like there's only so many things I have. But I do want to take some things out of out of out of storage and be like, hey, how about this? What do you guys think of this? All right, then, guys. Thank you so much for listening. For Bancos and Conrader Furry, I am Ramses, and I'm here to tell you to keep burning that cosmos. I will see you. Bye. Bye bye. Nini. Ha dejado de atacar y se rinde, lo mismo que sucedió justo con el caballero de Junini.